All right, now we are now in the year of our Lord, 20 and 24, which Uh-oh. means one momentous occasion is, of course, occurring. That is my 40th birth year. Whoa. I'm going to be a 40-year-oldsman this year. Yuck, honestly. Yeah, uh-huh. crazy, man. But I decided the other day, just on a whim, to inadvertently get like totally in character and without even trying to or thinking about it, say the lamest, oldest thing I've ever said in my entire life. Are you ready? Okay, let's hear it. It's awful. Uh-huh. It, like I said it, uh-huh. and then I felt just terrible because I heard what came out of my own mouth. <laughs> okay. And I was not joking around about it. Let's I was serious. It. So <laughs> we had some plans to go over to some friends of ours' house and kind of make like an annual, or not annual, like a weekly card game night Uh thing start happening. And uh, we're really excited because they just learned how to play Nerds, which is one of our favorite Uh card games. It's like really high-speed, multi-person solitaire is Uh what it is. It's really fast, really intense. Yeah. And uh, they just learned how to play it. They're getting into it. So it's like, yeah, come over. We'll play Nerds. And as... My wife and I were making plans to head out and all that jazz. I was like, all right, we got our cards. We got this. We got that. Okay, we're ready to go. Now, we got to be sure to play our intense card games first early in the night or else we're going to be up all night. Oh. It's bad. It's really bad. I said that in all seriousness. Now, listen. I I am older than you. Yes. By age. (laughs) (laughs) Well. But after hearing that... It's bad. It's really bad. I, think you, I totally meant it. You may be several years older than your mother is telling you. Yeah, I think so. Something has happened. Something bad has happened, man. That's that is awesome. a case of the olds like I have never encountered oh, in my life. I and I was serious about it, though, because yeah. like I know yeah. we'll get wired playing this game, and then we'll come home and we'll be up all night. So I specifically wanted to play the crazy games uh-huh. first, yeah. and then we can wind down with some spades or something listen on. I'm like, this is, oh god take me to the nursing home okay. now <laughs> so definitely it it is old it's an old Ooh, it's, it's an old. old statement but here's the thing as you get older you get smarter hey tomorrow ben is gonna thank today ben for not getting into a high intensity card game too late yeah so that's right well, and know. dude, I'll tell you this, we did play it that way. Uh-huh. We cut ourselves off early off in the night. That way we knew we wouldn't be up all night. Yeah. And then I got home and I read a book and I drank my sleepy time hot chocolate beam and I slept like a baby. I slept so responsibly, Steve. Awesome. Responsible sleep is the best sleep. It is. It's so it fucking is. lame. Listen, welcome to Dead and Lovely where we'll go out oh. on a goddamn limb. And say, (laughs) responsible sleep is the best sleep. Don't get into high-intensity card games too late. No. (laughs) You'll ruin your night's sleep. (laughs) I wish I was even joking about this, Steve. I wish I was. Dude, like, people know me for, like, playing rock music. Yeah. You know, doing high kicks on stage sure. and metal sure. and headbang. Like, people know me for this shit, yeah. but back home, no. I got to play nerds early in the night. <laughs> it's the fucking lamest thing. I love it. Dead of old age and lovely love is the show it. it's now. great. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here at the host of the most, it's me, your old buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. Oh, man. And today, 
I'll tell you what, we must be getting sleepy. It must be about time to go to bed. Uh-huh. We're talking about a nightmare, aren't we? That's right. Mm. Yeah, we're going to. This, this episode is a special episode. We will be sleeping the entire time and dreaming the episode. Yeah. So you'll need to experience. sleep to enjoy the episode. What if we did that? Oh, yeah. That would be insane. Boy. See you in your <laughs> dreams, bitch. Yeah. I want to do dead that. Dead air for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I kind of like it. Yeah, you know? it's a good idea. And I do just happen to be wearing my um, my floppy little cap uh-huh. and uh, night shirt. I have my candlestick <laughs> in one hand. Yeah. So I'm pretty ready to go. <laughs> Great. That, to that is how you go to bed, and I know that about you. And I've oh, never yeah. I've never commented on it, but that also is a little bit old. A little bit. Okay. It's yeah. kind of. Yeah. Okay, but it was the fashion in my time. Yeah. Okay? yeah. That's As right. was the fashion in, in your days, back in Charles Dickens' days. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's right. That's right. We're talking today about Wesley Craven's <laughs> new Nightmare. That's right. We? we are mm-hmm. 19 to 94, 19... 30 years ago when I was 10. Yeah, boy. Fuck. I'll tell you what. I I remember watching this movie. Um, because uh, I was super excited for it, and I remember watching this movie as as a, I guess I was probably thirteen by the time I saw it, and it blew my mind. All the meta stuff, same same year as, uh, or just a year after, uh, in the mouth of madness, which had blown my mind oh, wow. with all the meta stuff. So I was so excited for this movie. Nice man, nice. We'll be uh, deep diving into this one, hanging out with our buddy. Old Freddy Krueger. Uh-huh. If you want to get straight to the movie talk, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Before we do that, we're going to crack a cold beer. We're going to have right. ourselves a good time and catch up and all that shit. I'm going to go ahead and crack me one. You want to crack a cold yeah, beer? Yeah, let's crack a cold beer. I am so excited because, uh, uh, as I mentioned last last week, I, I, I got that job I was, I was trying to get. Uh, and the you job the I was girl. trying to get uh, involves a beer. So that means I'm going to have a lot more beer on the, on the show. A beer monger yeah. you are. <laughs> so, a yeah. A beer monger. I've got this uh, Cellar Maker Brewer Brewing Company coffee and cigarettes smoked coffee porter. I bet that's fucking sick, dude. Yeah, so, um, so buddy Stephen Byers out here had saved this, set it aside for me. It's been just kind of aging for the past few months, so... I'm excited to get into this. And I'll tell you what, Lovely. it looks great. What's ABV on that some bitch? Uh, a little above seven. Okay, so not brutal yeah, or anything. Yeah, not terrible. Yeah. Well, I got some taste on it, man. Yeah, 7.7%. Yeah, so I'm, I'm interested. I, I love coffee. And of course, this was an idea that was given to me by one of my coworkers. Hey, what if you themed the beer you have with the movie that you're watching? So I got mm-hmm, I got mm-hmm. this coffee smoked coffee porter, and then I'm also going to be having a, a barrel aged coffee stout here in a little bit for staying on the coffee thing, right? Because because uh, because because the Nancy and the coffee. So there you go. There you go. Man. That's this. why I took Jesse Spano caffeine pills before we started recording. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so scared. Yeah, you know what? Hey, that works perfectly with Freddie. Yeah, it does. They should have yeah. put Jesse Spano into a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. He, he wants you teenage and scared. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This this uh, is amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's 
you get that good roastiness, but also like it, it's so perfectly coffee, like the roasted uh, like grain and the coffee go together so perfectly. Man, I'll tell you what, it tastes like tastes like breakfast kind of. Tastes like you're having some yeah. toast and coffee, you know. That kind of reminds me of a cocktail that a place in Knoxville had a while back that was called like the Morning Ritual, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. And it had, I want to say it was a smoked whiskey and maybe like Mr. Black coffee liqueur. And it might have had like Cointreau or something in it, a little oh, orange okay. element there for some sweetness. Yum-o. And it was kind of a smoky coffee, uh-huh. like a breakfast drink. And it was fucking awesome. So yeah. I bet that's pretty killer. It is. What you now, drinking on? Myself over here, man, I need me a little summertime sip because it is cold as a motherfucker <laughs> yeah, here in same. Tennessee right now. Uh-huh. So I've got myself a beer from 450 North Brewing Company. This came to me courtesy of Roger Dean Miller, who provides me with all of my beers, obviously. And uh, this is their Popsicle Rocket. It is like a bomb pop sour. Oh, rad. It's just fucking delicious, yeah, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's see. What's the ABV on this? It is 5.3. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a lighter boy, but it looks like a healthy berry smoothie. It's like really cloudy. Uh, got that nice kind of dark berry flavor, and it be good in hell. That's awesome, man. I... Mm-hmm. Uh, I do just every once in a while get a craving for certain sour things from from childhood sometimes it's like a popsicle or something just recently like even though we had like ice on the roads and shit i had to have some uh sour gummy worms <laughs> like i had to have yeah. so i had to go to the convenience to store nearby and get some sour gummy worms just man, hey, man. i don't know like there's something about those flavors that stuck with me because I can't think of any time yep. I had chocolate as a kid and was like, "Yeah, this is it," you know. Same. Yeah, I was never really a chocolate person. I love I never chocolate. Really have been, but it just no, no, no like memory of it, but memories of yeah. of eating sour candies, like just popping a warhead and being like, "Oh damn!" Oh hell yeah! It's like it turn it turns your your memory <laughs> button on. Like remember this? Totally does. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. Good old shit. That's a pretty tasty beer right here. Not too terribly sour. It's got flavors of raspberry, cherry, mm. and limonade, and it good is stuff. setting me up yet good, man. And I, I need me a little summertime sip because there's like a foot of snow on the ground in Tennessee <laughs> yeah. right now. I literally don't know the last time that happened. When was the last time? I mean, you're not in Tennessee now, of yeah, course, but the last time while. you saw a foot? over a foot of snow in Tennessee, Ooh, probably like fucking while. 94, man. Really, <laughs> like, yeah. It's been a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we we also have snow here in Portland. Not that much, um, but uh, we also... It, it's been like 20 degrees and below for three Ooh. days, so... Nothing no, could melt. It's not hot. Yeah, it, it's boy. I'll tell you what. It is not my favorite type of weather. I'm not, yeah, not a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay with it right now because I don't. I don't have anywhere I need to be. Like I don't have sure. any sessions I got to yeah. drive to. Yeah. I don't have any planes I got to catch. Like if it was gonna snow really hard and shut this basically everything do down it. for a few days. <laughs> exactly, man. It could be a whole lot worse, man. So. It's been nice just seeing that beautiful view out the winter and seeing them puppy dogs play and run around in the snow. Aww. Been a good excuse to uh, to watch some movies and have ourselves a good time at home. I actually got to watch some movies this week for the first time in fucking ever, dude. I don't know the last time I got to watch this many movies in a week, really. It was probably like mid-October of last year, <laughs> if not earlier. What you been watching on? 
bunch of things. Tell you that. Tell me about I it. I watched a doggone old Robin Hood, A Man in Tights the other night. It's still a 10. Still a 10. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, yeah. I watched it kind of recently, I think a couple yeah. of years ago. And yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Other than Blazing Saddles, it might be my favorite Mel Brooks. Well, it might be I... my second place funniest Mel Brooks. Like, I have a soft spot for Young Frankenstein, uh-huh. but in terms of like how many laughs I get out of it, God, man, Men in Tights cracks me up every fucking time. I, I mean, I think I'd put the producers up there. I'd probably put Spaceballs above Men in Tights, and for this ah, very Spaceballs reason. Spaceballs is good, too. If you weren't born exactly when you were born, you would not understand most of Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's true. It's it like, is a very narrow there are, window. There are Patriot and Scud missile jokes. <laughs> yes, exactly. We were commenting on that while we were watching it. It's like, wow. I'm not, I'm not this complaining. Is a very time and place movie. It's just, yeah, it's just very much a part of its time. Whereas, like, Spaceballs, a lot of the jokes are going to always be kind of understandable because they're about Star Wars, and Star Wars is still That's in true. the zeitgeist, etc. And I think the Blazing Saddles ones, a lot of them are kind of dependent on your knowledge of westerns but mostly it's dealing with race relations which uh, honestly hasn't changed a ton so of course it's mm-hmm. still yep. evergreen still relevant. yeah yeah i yeah i i do think that that is the one detriment to uh men in tights but it's not terrible because we grew up in that time so we understand it <laughs> yeah worse for me Funny right so, <laughs> yeah i'll watch it anytime Dude, we watched uh, Saltburn. Oh, this dude, week. yeah, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago that that I'd seen it, and I don't think I talked about it much because it was like one of thirty-one movies we'd watched. But yeah, let's talk about it. It's great. Um, I really liked it. Holy moly! I I didn't know anything about the movie at all. Like nothing. Yeah. Like Kate was like, "Do you want to watch a trailer?" And I was like, "Nope, I want to go in totally Good. blind." So I knew nothing about it based on the trailer. I had no expectations. Uh-huh. Just went in blind, and uh, man, I. I really enjoyed it. For one, it is just fucking gorgeous. Yeah. That cinematography. Yeah. Holy moly, looks great. it looks good. Looks great. And, and of course, you know, the shooting locations and stuff are gorgeous and whatnot. So it's yeah, it, it's really evocative of a particular time that is not the time it's coming out of. It really feels yeah. like it's uh, 1890s to 1910s. <laughs> not like Henry James may have written Saltburn. Uh, but it's True, it's yeah. in current time, which makes it very interesting. Like to me, I love that that interplay of like the fact that this level of wealth in England still operates on a lot of these same levels, and it's like anachronistic to the world, and they've still like barely adapted to the new world. But it's it's very mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, speaking of barely adapting to the new world, I think that feller got to find some new ways to clean a bathtub. Now, listen, <laughs> I never tried cleaning a tub such as he did, but I think there's probably better ways. All right? Yeah. That's all I'm I think he was after something, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. Well, yeah. maybe he found it. I I'm think he sure. did. I think he Jesus found something he was looking for. Man. <laughs> it is it is wild, especially when it got to that ending, which I'm not going to spoil. I was like, holy moly, this changes everything yeah. about the movie for me. Yeah. Whoa. Really good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Highly suggest watching it before you know yeah. anything gets spoiled for you, though. I, I don't know if anybody's going to be out spoiling Saltburn, <laughs> but watch yeah, it. I know, right? <laughs> that's a very specific kind of right? dick. Like, that's a <laughs> film buff nerd dick. This is yeah. like, oh, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> 
What a jerk. Yeah. It was a cool movie though. I, I did like it a lot, man. And that uh that dude in there that plays the main character, Barry I can't remember the Kaden, actor's name. Yeah, something like that. I, I will dude, have to look up he's how amazing. it's pronounced because every time I see it written down, I'm like, Kyogen? I doubt that's right? how it's pronounced. No idea. Yeah, but he's great. We saw him first in uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Oh, and really? he was uh-huh. incredible in that. He's also and playing a the Green Knight, different kind of character. Which uh, he, he does great. Oh, wait, yeah. is he? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he's one of the bandits that... Uh, holy shit uh-huh. he is yep. that's the first place i saw him oh, okay then. hell yeah huh yeah he's he's, that, huh? he's great and, and uh yeah rosamund pike oh my gosh that oh, woman. amazing she's Treasure. so good yeah um yeah i i really enjoyed it so yeah highly suggest it don't want to ruin it for anybody yeah definitely check it out man um intergalactic that's e-n-t-e-r oh, intergalactic okay. we watched that the other day so okay. uh which is on netflix uh-huh. and it was uh, put together by Kid Cuddy, right. who I learned is not called Kid Cootie, as in a kid that has cooties. You thought it was Kid Cootie? Learned that okay. this week. I did, yes. That's I thought funny. I heard someone say that at some point. He is not indeed a cootie kid. He's a cuddy kid. Okay, good. Just to clarify. Yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, it's, you know what? It's okay. Like, uh-huh. I'll, I'll say this about it. It is, it is a movie that is essentially just a pretty straightforward kind of romantic comedy uh-huh. set in new york city where there's a guy and he thinks his neighbor's cute and they kind of go through some stuff in their relationship together right it's not honestly that interesting of a storyline uh-huh. and if it was a live action feature i probably would not give a fuck about it but it's not a live action feature uh-huh. it's an animated feature and the animation is so goddamn fantastic that it's worth watching okay it's actually that cool all right I'm interested. It's kind of got the like uh, Spider Verse, you know, kind of cell shaded, low frame rate kind of look about it. Okay, uh, but it gets kind of trippy because some of the characters take drugs, and that's cool. where the intergalactic yeah. part kind of takes place. Really colorful, really beautiful. I mean, just absolutely fucking gorgeous. But go into it for aesthetics only. Like the storyline, it, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's bad. It's fine, and there's good performances in it. But damn, the animation is absolutely the selling point there, so check that out. Uh, we got kind of roped into watching all three parts of that Love Has One doctor documentary. Documentary, okay. as I like to say. I was just told about this by a coworker. He said Holy it was insane. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the cult of the mother god. Dude, you know I love I love cults and shit. Right. I love learning about cult leaders and this is pretty unique in that there is just so much footage of it and of the cult participants and of the cult leader because it just kind of came to an end a few years ago. But it didn't come to an end because, man, these people are still into it. Very hardcore. <laughs> okay. Holy shit, Steve. You need to watch this shit. I mean, yeah, from what I heard, it, it's it's just batshit crazy. It's uh, fucking insane. And who would possibly follow this person? But... Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm interested. I am definitely interested. We watched all three parts in one night. Okay, so it's that By the end of it. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the end of it, I felt like an insane person. (laughs) Like, I seriously was like, I need to reframe my head right now because I feel like I'm losing my mind after listening to these people talk. Right. It is wild shit, dude. Check it out. Yeah, I guess I will. (laughs) We watched Good Grief this week as well. Okay. 
What's this? Which is a new uh, Netflix movie, which was made and written and I think produced, maybe directed, uh, by Dan Levy. Oh, okay. Who a lot of you guys know from Schitt's Creek, Uh Eugene Levy's son. Right. Dude, it is a fantastic, fucking, beautiful, wonderful movie. It is so fucking good. Watch it. It's like pretty sad it's not okay. like a total gut punch like like watching up or some shit you know uh-huh. it was actually less brutal than i thought it was going to be based on the trailer because it's about a guy whose husband dies unexpectedly and he takes his friends on a trip to france uh it takes some turns along the way that i wasn't quite anticipating that made it more interesting and maybe a little bit less just heart-punchingly sad okay man there there's some dialogue in this that is so fucking fantastic and the performances are awesome dan levy is a treasure he's fantastic well great okay i'll have to Watch check it out. good grief okay. on the netflix and then uh to celebrate our big ass snow day uh-huh. that we had yesterday man the best thing to do on the first snow day of the year is to have some kind of a absolutely fantastic soup that your wife makes in this case kate made this absolutely bonkers like roast duck soup it was kind of i don't know it was like an asian soup it was kind of ramen-y but i wouldn't call it ramen i don't know okay. it's this really rich duck broth with noodles and napa cabbage and duck meat and oh my god it was amazing we had that while we watched the best snow day double feature the fucking shining and the fucking thing okay that is awesome i uh the winner is us <laughs> That's really interesting because we were just um, we just watched the ski episode of Always Sunny and we were talking about skiing and then I looked up the Timberline Lodge which is the Shining Lodge just to see how sure. much it would cost and we were like okay wait are we gonna go stay at the Shining Lodge at some point because it totally is was it expensive it, it's not cheap but it's not like outrageous especially yeah. with a, a ski package it's like pretty pretty it's not like something you would do just as a a, a quick little trip but it would be a fun vacation nice yeah. so we're thinking Bad, about it. but man. anyway yeah that's a perfect you know snow day type of thing still the best like two of the greatest horror movies of all time dude like i mean i watched the thing or sorry i watched the shining so much i have right. that movie memorized back to front it's like my uh-huh. favorite movie ever uh, so that's just like putting on a, putting on an old friend. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? When you slip on an old friend. I do. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> when you take your old friend's skin that you've formed slip into a on. suit and you put it on and you act like them exactly. and yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, dance around in the moonlight. Absolutely, like you do. we've all been there. The thing though, I watch less frequently, and every time I'm just like, God damn, what an incredible movie how was this a flop when it came out I have no Those special idea. effects and everything it's so the good performances holy moly yeah. dude easy 10 yeah. one of the best fucking horror movies ever made yep absolutely i agree so good man it's so, so good. yeah we had ourselves a pretty good week of watching stuff how about you yeah we i mean we've we've been able to to watch a several things honestly surprisingly we didn't have a ton of time we've been uh, I've started this new job. We're we're moving. Uh, we just signed the lease on a new apartment, and then it started snowing. Like when I got the keys, so we haven't actually Magical. gotten to go over there to to move in yet. But luckily, we we had like a two week overlap, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fine. But yeah, we've we've watched some cool stuff. We did a, a double feature of Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. 
Oh, man. You know, I've never watched Nacho Libre. Oh, what? Ever. What? I know. Dude. Living a lie. You need to fix that. 100% fix that. You would love it, I feel like. It is. Must be good or something. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, there's wrestling. Uh, there's Jack Black. Uh, there's love cute it. kids. The, there's okay. a, a pretty nun lady. There's corn. Mm-hmm. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. All the things. It's uh, not to love. Yeah. But yeah, watching those was really fun. I, I you know, I haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite in, in a long time. Uh, God, I haven't either. How is it still, so is it still funny? Good? It's so yeah. funny. It's great. It's really good. Uh, and not really really the same. Just just had a blast with them. Uh, watch The Quick and the Dead. We're, you know, just Ooh. watching westerns and horror westerns and stuff for the Legacy Brutality horror western episode. Uh, and The Quick and the Dead is not a horror movie but it's a Sam Raimi movie and he he slips horror stuff in there like you know people getting shot the uh, you know in the head and then having a hole in their head and blood oh, goes Oh you're you talking know? about the western I thought that you were talking about the the pornographic feature about premature ejaculator necrophiles the quick and the dead I thought you meant that one Yeah yeah Sharon Stone wasn't in that one no, no. uh-uh. Nope. Though that, Sharon Bone was, though. <laughs> honestly, Sharon Stone does sound like a necrophile porn, porn star, though. Yeah, Sharon stone, Gravestone. Sharon Gravestone, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So maybe, yeah, Sharon Bone and Sharon Gravestone were both in The, the Quick and the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. I, I mean, there's so many, so many people in that movie. It's insane. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Amazing yeah. movie. Um, we also watched the game, Defense Man. Fuck yeah, man! Mm-hmm. I love the game. Yeah, it's great. It's really good. If you haven't seen the game, watch the game. It's good. It's about uh, it's about a game. I won't tell you more. If you don't know anything that about the is. game, don't look it up. Just watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the game is not Don't Wake Daddy. It's not that game. <laughs> it kind of don't. That's wake all Daddy. I'll say. Don't wake kinda Daddy. Is, you know. Don't woke, Daddy. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, the game great. We watched Ex Machina. Um, Love it. God. Oh, Alex Garland, man. Yeah, we got to do that. I mean, that that's without a doubt sci-fi horror. Like, I mean, if anybody uh-huh. claims that's not a horror movie, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, Ex Machina is so good. Oscar Isaac, he is so yeah. amazing. I just like forget sometimes. That Oscar Isaac can just do stuff. He's just so yeah. good at stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he just really is chilling at times in that. Like, oh man. Um, we also watched uh, Hot Tub Time Machine too. Because never seen it. Yeah, oh really? Um, no. Honestly, we we were talking about it while we were watching it. I, I think we had more fun with the sequel. Than the first one, though the first one has like a story and stuff, and the sequel's story is is a little more, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot of okay. It's 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 funny though. We we had a fun time with it. It's really dumb, um, uh, you know. And of course, you, you want to pair Hot Top Time Machine with a movie, you go with There Will Be Blood. It just makes sense. It's a great right. follow up, a one two punch, if you will. Yeah, and we watched this, and actually, I had a friend over. Uh, when we were watching it and he he just wants he just wanted to say something he 
I can't get him to leave me alone about this. So he's he's just gonna jump in mm. real quick right here. Hi, oh, okay. Hey everybody, it's me, Daniel Dave Lewis, Methodist actor. Oh, the Methodist actor. Yeah. You're back again. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Well, well, God, listen. See you. I was watching this Oof. movie and I was thinking to myself. Now listen, this fella. I don't mm-hmm. know what his name is. This actor, but this fella, yeah. mm-hmm. way he's acting, it's just like, does he not? care about the tenets of methodism like mm, wow you yeah. know i don't think he's much of a methodist uh daniel dave no oh wow now listen here's what uh-huh. i'd have done now when that feller was like get baptized i'd have done that and then sure yes that uh, fits your mo when 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 that uh them other fellers was like here's a whole bunch of money you don't have to work no more i'd have been like that's good not have given it to the church Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I would have acted different in that movie. Yeah. Again, that that does sound about like what you do. Yeah. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye, Daniel Dave. Bye. God. Got to go. He's got to go. Yeah. Can't this guy he came back. He's always got notes. Always got notes. Yeah. You know. And I don't Methodist even understand actor, what man. Methodist acting is. He won't tell me. I'm not really sure. Anyway, yeah. it's when you stay Methodist, even when you're off camera, I, think. I guess just so. Always Methodist. Yeah. He's yeah. always. <laughs> Always. When do you stop being Methodist? Never. I've always Methodist. Never. Would never. Yeah. <laughs> Hardcore, man. Hardcore. Uh, so, yeah, there will be blood. Gosh, man. Woo. What a great, great movie. I just... And, and like, I know to some it's it's hard uh, to, to fully wrap around uh, the idea that that's a Western, but that's a Western. That's a Western. Hmm. That is a hmm. Western. I'll tell you what. Okay. Uh, that, that Daniel Day Lewis, who buddy, really good. Elevates everybody that around person. him. Just makes everybody. He drinks better. your milkshake. He does. He sure does. He does. Um, we watched a movie called A Simple Favor, which I've watched before. Um, it is Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. I had mm-hmm. thought you had recommended it to me, but when I said the name of the movie and then you looked it up, you have no idea what this movie is. So somebody I recommended it to me. And uh, whoever recommended it to me back then, thank you again. Second time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is great. It's great. It's really good. Well, like, I did get Men in Black recently. Oh. So. Wow. I might have done forgotten. Huh. Okay. Well, Could've that makes happened. sense. What, uh, they won't let you remember. Do you happen to know why you got Men in Black? galaxy defenders oh okay yeah that makes sense that makes sense mm-hmm. uh-huh. yep. um so yeah a simple favor it's a it's a it's a, a mystery thriller with anna kendrick and blake lively and it's fun and funny and also like a, a solid like mystery thriller and uh hmm. i recommend it if you haven't seen it it's also a solid name for a midwest emo band right <laughs> We're a simple favor. Yeah. We're a simple favor, and we're here to rock you. <laughs> they don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> they're not here to rock no, you. No, <laughs> they're not. Um, uh, uh, over there on the Screaming Chat on Friday night, we watched a movie called Phobia, which is from 19, Phobia. 1980. Um, hmm. uh, so, I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention because I was making food, but everybody was having I- fun in the chat. So that, that was fun. Uh, but uh, I, a movie I did pay attention to on Sunday, Destroy All Neighbors. Uh, this All is, Neighbors. I don't know this one. This is the first 2024 horror movie I've watched. It came Shit, out yeah. January 10th. It's on Shudder. It is um, it's a horror comedy. Um, 
it has practical effects. It has a lot of comedy people you might recognize, uh, including Jonah Ray Rodriguez, who was the recent host of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, Alex Winter from Bill and Ted, though you're not going to recognize him because he's under like a ton of makeup. Um, one ton, two thousand pounds. Two thousand pounds of makeup. They murdered Alex Winter to make this movie. He died. Yep, he's dead. Um, it's fun, and it's about uh, uh, music. And there was a, a, a like guy who teaches bass via videos that everybody Uh-oh. kept calling Uncle Ben. So hey, everybody in the chat thinks you should watch it, and I think you should watch it. It was fun. Wow. I had a good time. I, I don't know, you know, if everybody will like the movie, but uh, we we enjoyed the movie, and I think I think you would probably enjoy it. Sounds like something that is right up my alley. I'll have to give that one an old check out with my peeper peeps. You should you should use them and use your uh, li- listening ears, probably. My too. looking eyes. Your looking eyes mm-hmm. probably as well. Yep. Well, maybe I will do that, man. <laughs> what a week of watching a bumper crop. That's right. Absolutely. By golly, man. One other thing I watched this week was a movie that had a new nightmare in it. And I'll tell you what, it got plumbed downright Mita, didn't it? It's a Mita movie. It- <laughs> Mita. Mita. What if that was the way you said it? What if that was like, you, you seriously were just like, I've only seen it written down. Isn't that it? Mita. Mita, I barely know a. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's meta. This is a meta movie. We've talked about some meta movies on this show here from time sure to time. Sure have. Um, mm-hmm. I happen to like them a good bit. So do I. Mm-hmm. Maybe we round up some favorites here in the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. See, it's like a miniature podcast inside the podcast. So this mm-hmm. is meta this in is itself. This is meta, yeah. Welcome to the metaverse. We're doing it right now. Uh Yeah. But it's not like the metaverse like fucking Facebook because that's very poorly run. Wait, are you not recording in the metaverse? Ben, Mm, No, I'm Mm -hmm. so angry at this. We agreed we would record only in the metaverse. Dude, let me ask you this. As far as Facebook goes here recently, Uh in the past month, how many bullshit spam messages have you got that are like... Your Facebook account's about to be shut down. Contact us for details why. Because I have gotten 80 have you? fucking million. <laughs> yes, dude. And so has like all the pages that Kate manages, which wow. is a lot of pages. Everybody's been getting these fucking stupid bot messages from, you know, Facebook service 7311. We're about to shut down your profile for copyright stuff. Be sure to enter in your password here. I don't understand how this can be the biggest fucking website on earth, and it is so ineptly run. Like, there is no protection from bots or anything on any of that shit. I mean, we deal with it all the time in our Facebook group with the fucking porn bots and all this oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How can they not put any protections in place? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what the fuck? I mean, it's Facebook. Yeah, I mean, it's Facebook. You don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> you don't Just need throw it. throw it out no. of your life. That's the thing is like if anybody does get a message, it's like we're about to shut your profile down. Yeah, go Why for it. Why would you even worry about yeah. it? Who cares? <laughs> like, uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about something that's more well run, which is of course this list of meta movies that's we're right. going to talk about here in the preview palace. I do enjoy myself some meta movies, some things that break that fourth wall, get real, get interactive with the watcher, get interactive with the real world, and bust out 
of the celluloid shell in which they reside. One that we've talked about here on the show that we both love, a doggone ton, is a gosh dang old cabin in a wood. Am I mm. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, Woo! that, hmm, the, there's an interesting bit of meta there because, like, you know, we, we jumped into the deep end immediately. It, it's like, yeah. this is not just, like, you know, uh, taking the plots of, of you know, uh, you know, a certain type of horror movie. It's taking the plots of, like, every type of horror movie and making yeah, it a like possible yeah like each year a possibility that those things will all come together to make this particular type of like it, it's the meta of it is is just the entire universe itself is surrounded around horror tales existing because they are the real sacrifices of these teenagers like uh, the meta is outrageous it's like all over the yeah. place yeah it goes deep. We got really deep into that one on our episode about that, um, which was quite a while back, but definitely give that one a listen. What an amazing movie. And just whenever it takes that turn yeah, where you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Which honestly is the first scene in the movie where it's just the two dudes in the office yeah, talking about cabinetry like, what is this or about? whatever. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, uh-huh. I thought this was teens in a cabin. What is going on here? I think the the marketing and even the title of the movie was so off-putting for a lot of people. Like I remember telling people, dude, you got to go see Cabin in the Woods. And they were like, are you serious? Because it just seems like another dumb movie. You hang out with a lot of title. Gen Xers, we should say. Of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? That's the Gen X attitude to well, literally that's how they do. every single you thing you say to them. Yes. Are you, you serious? serious? <laughs> we got Gen Xers listening right now going, Are you serious? Are you ser- to this? Are they serious? <laughs> Are you serious? But, dude, what a movie, man. I, I loved how meta that one got. Uh, I think one of the overall kings of making stuff meta has got to be a goddamn old Charlie Kaufman, oh, is yeah. he not? Well, absolutely. Yeah. He'll straight up shove everything up its ass. He really will. What if we find out that Charlie Kaufman is himself a meta character where, like, it's actually some guy named like you know Bill Green or something. He created Charlie Kaufman as this movie director and yeah, just I showed up that. on movie sets and was like, "I'm a director." And writer, like, what yeah. if it goes mm-hmm. that deep? You know? Yeah, I believe that. That sounds true, honestly. Like, it, sounds right. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, he's 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 made a whole lot of of meta movies. Uh, you know, being John Malkovich, obviously, yep. got it's kind of the one that put him on the yeah, map. yeah. Got that that element of. The actor John Malkovich is the titular uh, character that everyone gets to play. Like he, rather than him playing a role, he is being played as a role. That's so interesting. Like it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Can you do a good John Malkovich impression? No. <laughs> no. Can you try? Uh, I'll give you. My, I'll give you mine first. Okay. Hello, I am John Malkovich. No, that was really How's good. That? that was pretty, pretty much right directly out of his mouth, taught honestly. Me. Fucking taught me, dude. <laughs> what Jewel Thief movie? How about that? <laughs> That's the line out of Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> Adaptation is another 10 out of yeah, 10. Absolutely. Dude, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Another meta wild. movie, for sure. Yeah, that- I love it. How do you even explain that movie, dude? I don't even know how to explain. Uh, it. I, I want, I want to, I want to 
be a baby. <laughs> yeah. That's how you explain it. I want to be a baby. Pretty much it, dude. Yeah. How about another horror meta favorite? I, I just wrote down Scream, but it's really the entire Scream franchise. Yeah. I mean, it the, gets the first meta each time. Yeah. Yeah, because it starts playing into the tropes of what it means to be a sequel yeah. and what it means to be a, a requel or yeah. a reboot sequel. Like, they really do play into all the things that the. Uh, you know the, the tenets of a horror franchise right, yeah, is supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, the Scream series in the sequel. This has got to happen in the third one. This has got to happen. Like they play by all the rules, and in that way, it makes it meta about the entire horror genre. Yeah, it's, it's and of course it it it's clear at this point in New Nightmare what Wes Craven's interested in, right? Like he, oh yeah, he wants to get into the meta. And uh, very luckily, runs into Kevin Williamson, who also wants to get into it. And boom, we get this great franchise that, I mean, yeah, like, you know, three is the making of the movie version of the previous movie. Like, it's, it's. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It gets really far up its own ass in a fun way, I think. Yeah, I agree. It's fun. And, And the Scream series is awesome. Yeah, total classic. Funny Games, that's one we did on the show mm, that gets mm-hmm. crazy weird meta, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, because he knows we're there. Uh, so, yeah, he knows we're watching, and he talks yeah. to us. That's a, I mean, that's you know a thing that you see in a lot of movies that aren't necessarily trying to get meta. Like, you know, Home Alone, he, turn, he talks to the camera or whatever. It's not really mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to get meta. It's just trying to be cute and cheeky. But this is trying to, like, draw us in. Like, no, you're a part of this. You're, oh, yeah. you're doing this, yeah. too. It makes you an accomplice, yeah, you know, along the way. It makes rough, you, yeah. like, hey, aren't you titillated by this violence? Don't you want to keep watching? <laughs> it is a wild it fucking is. movie. It, it really does make you just as bad as the bad guys for watching the movie no absolutely yeah i mean it makes you feel that way at the very least yeah it's it's rough uh but that that meta element to it is certainly like it certainly makes clear what uh what is being got at with the entire film like that we're being implicated and like you know you're really supposed to question how you uh, can watch this and and sit through this and not just turn it off yeah, yeah, consuming violence for fun. It right. makes you really evaluate yeah. <laughs> your role in that for sure. Right. One that's maybe a little bit more fun, still kind of in the horror genre, The Dead Don't Die, Jim Jarmusch. Oh, I can't remember. Did yeah. you like that movie I loved not? it. Yeah, we saw it in theaters yeah. together. We were both fucking just okay. loving it. Yeah, because... I loved it, Yeah, dude. it's goofy. It's, it's, it's a goofy movie that, like, yeah, it's, you know, they turn to us. We, we are... We are very well aware of what's going on, uh, like, uh, but we're also being led through their viewpoint as well. Like, I, I, it's you know, the dead don't die. the The fact that like so many of the meta moments are also just like perfect punctuations to jokes and stuff like that, and like oh, really yeah. just drive the humor. Such a fucking ridiculous movie. How do you know that? Well, I read it in the script. It's right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> it got to that moment in the movie, and I was just like, wait, what? I think that's when a lot of people in the theater just gave up on Which it. Which is, but yeah, like, I loved I, come it. on. That was so funny. I don't understand. <laughs> For real, man. Yeah. You know, one that I had forgotten about that I've not seen in a long time is uh, a little Will Ferrell John called 
Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen that? Uh-huh, yeah. Saw that in theaters, I believe, yeah. Man, it's great. Yeah. It's not a horror movie. It's kind of a romantic comedy, but it's so it's so creative, and it does the meta thing without being too far up its own ass and pretentious. It's really a cool movie. It is. It's fun to see Will Ferrell also doing a little more serious acting, I guess. It's still mm-hmm. goofy. Yeah. It's still silly, but... Um, he, he, there's a lot more serious moments, and yeah, I I, I enjoyed it too. I, th- I mean, I I do prefer because I'm not a huge rom com fan. I do prefer mm-hmm. when there's some wrinkle to it, like about time or, or whatever. Like, which is yeah, shake it up. It, you know, people have rightly pointed out why about time is vile, but it's like yeah, but I enjoyed I it because of one. the time travel. <laughs> what is that? I don't uh, know. It's got Donald Gleason and Rachel McAdams, I believe. And hmm. um, I won't tell you too much. Watch it. Okay. See what you think about it. I bet you'd really like Kate and Leopold. Oh, God, no. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't love that. It's a rom-com, but it has time travel it elements. Does. It's got a twist, dude. It does have a twist that they're related. It's exactly what you described. <laughs> Is it not? Yeah, pretty much. You're right. I should watch Kate and Leopold. <laughs> yeah, give it another fair yeah. shot, man. Weren't they? They were supposed to be related in the original script, right? Like, no way, yeah, really. It was like some. It was like a reveal at the end, like that's your cousin or whatever. It's like what? Oh no, we fucked in the past. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> I did Somebody not verify that. that. That might just be like some weird dream I had. <laughs> that's some slash fic that you read right. probably yeah of course <laughs> i'm, I'm saying i don't like kate leopold but i i read kate and leopold slash fic like crazy <laughs> that's like that's, that's your specific yeah thing that's my fetish kate and leopold, kate and leopold slash, slash fic. fic that is a oddly specific thing but i'm not here to judge help leopold i'm stuck in this time washing machine <laughs> Machine. <laughs> oh, it's all timey wimey yeah. in here. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Help me, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just Ugh. says right before, like, oh, cousin love. Boom. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, man. We were talking about Mel Brooks earlier. Old Blazing Saddles. Uh-huh. Honestly, most of his movies get mad. Yeah. They all kind yeah, of break they that do. fourth wall. Especially Blazing Saddles. Yeah. It's like, it's on suddenly out of nowhere. The movie just kind of stops, and we're on a movie set. Uh-huh. And then they <laughs> have a stampede onto another movie yes. set. Just running oh, from shit. set to set. And yes. Like. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I I love Mel Brooks's meta elements, like in Spaceballs yes. when they watch the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have the script in that too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I yes, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I I what think a fucking treasure. Yeah, because like Mel Brooks is he like he's he he just I don't know. When we were watching Blazing Saddles, like I I really was just like literally every line is a joke. Yes, everything and they're all fucking hilarious everything like, that he just, happens is a joke he the man yeah. he fit i mean it's that the old vaudeville thing of course right like yep. the catskills uh comedy like you got it's got it's got a zing you can't like waste your time so yeah there's like like not a moment that's not funny yeah i love it amazing so good and he will just do anything for any time at yeah, for any reason. There's no reason why they needed to end the movie that nope. way. And he's like, I don't know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun, and, and it was. <laughs> he was right. 
Now, which came first, that or Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Oh, gosh. Because kind of a similar ending. Sure, yeah. I'm not sure. They're both sev- early 70s, I believe, right? Isn't Let's put Fuzzbeat on that. Yeah, we'll have to research that. Like, I remember that was one of the first kind of meta things that I ever saw in a movie. Like, I remember watching Holy Grail a bunch of times when I was a kid. My dad thought it was funny. Uh-huh. My mom thought it was quite crass, but I thought right. it was hysterical. And I remember it getting to that part at the end of the movie where it had been cutting away the entire time to this little separate side story where there was this documentarian right. that it suddenly cut to, and then one of the dudes on a horse just rode by and killed him. And then his <laughs> his wife behind the camera comes up and runs up and cries over his body. <laughs> and then the police solve who did the crime, yep. and they just arrest yep. everybody. <laughs> so you're just like, wait. So was this entire thing just a bunch of morons? Yep playing pretend uh-huh. and they accidentally killed a guy and they got arrested Seems at the that end way, of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember as a kid that blowing my fucking mind. Like I couldn't understand that this was real life stuff happening inside of what I was perceiving as a movie. Right. That was my first encounter with Meta and I loved it. Yeah, um so I look uh, I I mean I had BuzzFeed Fuzzbeed look it up. Fuzzbeed. Buzzfeed, who's that? Fuzzbeed yeah, looked it up. Heard. Um uh, and it turns out that Blazing Saddles came out in seventy four and Monty Python oh. and the Holy Grail came out in nineteen seventy five. No kidding. That's right. Mm-hmm. How about that, yeah. man? How about that? Well, M.O. Limeys, they can't do nothing original, can they? That's huh? right. Get it together, huh? Limeys. Yeah. And be sure to have your lime today to keep you from getting scurvy. Keep that scurvy away yep. from you. That's right. Good stuff right mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so cool, man. And yeah, Holy Grail, obviously one of the, the greatest of all time. Yeah. Heavyweight champs. Very funny. Yeah. You ever seen a human centipede a second time? Yeah, human centipede too? Yes. Never seen it. Well, let me tell you, um, it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to watch. It's really good. I mean, I was just surprised. Because the first one is, uh, it's not as uh, gross and brutal as everybody seems to think. The second one Mm. is. The second Mm. one is just baby killing brutal. Um, But it's really good. And it it has, it's like the, the, the human centipeder, the killer, is a fan of human centipede the movie the movie yeah yeah. and that's what drives them which is the very clear and obvious statement of the movie is any idiot who would be driven by human centipede to human centipede someone is an idiot and it's not the responsibility Mm -hmm. of the movie to like you know dumb down the story it's trying to tell worrying that somebody might take the wrong thing from it word yeah so hmm. Human Centipede 2, I think, is is a, a a very smart movie that is brutal as fuck and hard to watch, but really smart and funny, surprisingly, at times. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'll get around to it someday when yeah. I'm feeling like having a bad time. There you go. Yeah. When you're feeling like having a bad time, but maybe some laughs, watch Human Centipede okay. 2. Yep. Maybe I'll do uh-huh. that. Or maybe I can watch the last one on my list here, The Last Action Hero. Yeah. Maybe I'll just watch that, that instead. Yeah, that's your solution. <laughs> Just watch Last Action Hero. It's great. It's an either or. Human Centipede <laughs> 2 or Last Action Hero. Yeah. That's usually the great debate. Absolutely. You know? And I would say, though I like them both, Last Action Hero is the obvious choice there because what a great time. You got Arnold. You got a little kid. You got uh, that uh, that that bad guy, uh, Charles Dance. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. You've got a cartoon cat. You've got all the cool things. What else do you want? You got ACDC on the soundtrack. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah, right. And no, no ACDC on Human Centipede 2. As far as I know. Oh, that's a big detriment. I'm turned <laughs> off now. They should have thrown in dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Just come on. It just makes sense. On. Anyway. But yeah, mm, no, mm. Last Action Hero is great. Just rewatched it, I think, last year. And man, so so like it came out um around the same time as New Nightmare. There's just like some there was some meta ness in the atmosphere or something in the late eighties and early nineties that just started infecting movies in a good way i mean because we also have like uh, in the mouth of madness which came out in 93 we didn't mention that one great meta one yeah there's so many and then of course scream is going to come out just a year after this so i i mean i don't know what we were on was it you think it was the aol Ooh, we might have all been high on aol yeah we were high on aol that probably did it Nowadays, young people's high on AOC. Look how it's going for them. You know what I mean? Hmm? Hmm? Back in my day, we had AOL. You can't get young people to stop talking about AOC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. <laughs> That's what they keep talking about. They're, They're like, with it. They're like, you know who I? You know who I love Uncle Joe. Give me you know some who Joe speaks Biden. For me, that eighty-plus-year-old. <laughs> That's who speaks for me. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. mm. meta movies. Let us know your favorites over on our Facebook group, on our meta group. Hiya, <laughs> meta. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know your favorites. I'm sure we missed some of the best ones over there. All right. Now, the subject of today's episode is, of course, Wesley Craven's new Night Marie from 1994. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. And I'll tell you what. Damn. As I said uh, a little bit ago, I, I saw this around the time it came out on video. Um, I was excited for it, and it didn't disappoint. I I really like, you know, just really loved the meta elements. Loved like you know, and we're we're gonna get into them. Like the actors playing themselves, the um, you know, the fact that Robert England is Robert England and Freddy Krueger is its uh, entire separate individual who's credited yeah. in the, the credits like it oh wait really yeah uh-huh. freddy krueger is is credited as himself oh that's fucking sick yeah. i didn't notice that yeah like the the meta of it and the way that it like over time the nightmare on elm street 84 world blends into the you know real world of 1994 yeah. los angeles I, I don't know. That just really hit with me. Um, I have I have some critiques now, looking back on it after having seen it a, a lot of times and really just looking at yeah. it critical. I have some critiques of it, but it really scratches the itch uh, if you're looking for a, a fun meta horror movie. It's true, man. And it is really crazy to think about the fact that this movie just came out 10 years after the, the, the first. Yeah, and the sequels in between. And this, like, don't match up at all. It's like... Not at all. Yeah, it's like... That's a confusing decade of movies. <laughs> right. If, if if Wes Craven had been able to make a sequel, this is... Because I know he was, like, trying to get something like this made around the time they were doing Dream Warriors. Like, he was... Mm-hmm. He had this idea even then. Or, uh, you know, back, what, 87? 
Uh, and that was the same year Return to Horror High came out, so there may have been some inspiration there. Uh, mm. We definitely, uh, over on Legacy Brutality, going to have to do the history of meta horror because there's this, like, you know, late 80s to early 90s boom period of meta horror that has always interested me. And we did Return to Horror High, I think, a couple of years ago, and I was just blown mm. away by the meta elements of that. Now, it's it's not... It's a different type of movie. That's a horror comedy. This is obviously trying to be much more serious, which is a huge shift from the Freddy we know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so, man. Like I remember watching this for the first time uh, with a good buddy, Brandon, who uh-huh. showed me all the, all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies back in our college days, and he was a huge fan of the series. Uh, of course, when, when he was still with us, he was on a couple episodes of the show. Yeah. And got to talk to them about a bunch of stuff. But I always associate this franchise with Brandon, so I'll always have a soft spot for it. Well, yeah. And I remember, you know, we watched through his entire like DVD box set, the box set that has like like the spines that all make the the Freddy image. Yeah. It's kind uh-huh. of brownish, reddish. Yeah. And he was so excited when we got to this one because it was meta and it kind of tied together elements from a lot of the older movies and threw back stuff from the first movie in a lot of ways. He was really stoked about this one. So his enthusiasm got me into it more. And I remember liking it quite a lot. And I've watched it, of course, several times since then. And I'm with you. I still like this movie quite a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it's doing neat things and smart things and actually has something to say, which is something that we've not seen out of a Freddy movie for several years at this point. Uh, there are some little problems with it, but sure. overall, it's it's a pretty fucking cool movie. Yeah. Like you and I earlier were talking about our personal like Freddy top five, right? And I think this lands in the top. It's five. definitely in like, the top five, and I think top definitely top four for me. But yeah, I yeah, I I, I, I always think the first, the original, is my favorite. That's still my favorite. So, yeah, it's me the too. most like brutal horror movie one, and also it, the most dreamy. Yeah, yeah, also the most dreamy, and also introduces Freddy in the perfect way. And he, you don't even have to change Freddy throughout the series because I know Wes Craven, you know, wanted to get back to his more serious Freddy, but this is the same Freddy in the first movie that chopped off his fingers. Uh, like just for fun right and it was a squirt and green stuff out like he he was always silly he was always a little wacky which because that's robert that's bobby uk that's robert england uh like he he is a little bit bugs bunny and i i think that like the freddy that we get in this loses all of that um like intentionally right because this is supposed to be yes. this brutal mean ugly freddy there's nothing fun about him i think of the freddy in this as being more of an archetype mm-hmm. of what all scary stories are about yeah I, I think of him more as being like like a deadly natural predator yeah you know? mm-hmm. like a shark like jaws or uh you know a, a tiger like more like an animal less like a man that was a child killer that made this glove yeah. and wisecracks and gets in your dreams. I think just due to the subject matter of this movie, which we'll talk about here in a second too, I think that this Freddy is really meant to be more of an archetype of all things scary story, horror right. related, than it is to be Freddy Krueger with the knife hand and the striped sweater and the, I, yeah. the hat. And I think this one also is the only one that 
leans into the child molester angle in the sense Ooh, that yeah. like the others mentioned that he was a child killer or child molester. This one has Freddy Krueger say to Heather, I touched him. Which Ooh, he does, doesn't yeah, he? yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> right? It like it didn't that hit me ever until this most recent watching where I was like, oh shit. That's oh, because like he 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 means maybe in some way that he touched like he's he's touched him like in his dreams or whatever, but right. it also implies that yeah you like, can imply that yeah sure. <laughs> like it's there Ugh. because he is a child molester like saying sure. I touched him and like yeah there there is of course Wes Craven always has a sexual element to his movies and he he oh yeah he did see that's been there from the beginning man the yeah. glove in the bathtub yeah. the tongue out of the phone yeah it's always been there and so he he did he did see like a sexual relationship between heather and and freddie like as yeah. a potentiality in there but like there's also the fact that like as i said he says i touched him about the kid and then like Ugh. the the phone starts spewing that like white foam and so does the kid mm-hmm. it's like this yeah. like fluid exchange that was kind of weird yeah, yeah. yeah. like I, I, it really to me like i think he's pushing it like i think wes craven is like well if this is gonna be the gory brutal like real world freddy we gotta we gotta address the child molesting bit and it's it's to me was like god damn when i really thought about it like that's rough because he, he they went all out in this like uh, Heather Langenkamp had a real world stalker and they incorporated yeah. it into the movie. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> like, that is real fucked up. That's like meta on top of yeah. a meta movie. Like, that's bringing real, uh-huh. real life into this movie about, quote, real life. Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. Uh, Miko Hughes was game to, to do anything, but some of the stuff they did to scare him is like, oh, Jesus. Like, Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like they had, they, they they were saying his his dad was like legit. Like we know how to make him cry. Hey kid, your mom died. Yeah, <laughs> your <laughs> like mom made him cry. died. Yeah. Ah, what? Yeah. And and apparently like yeah like uh, Robert England, you know he, he uh, West really needed Miko to be scared for a scene, so Robert England scared the shit out of him. And like yeah, it's like yeah. I mean y- you know. Uh, Robert England could scare anybody. Like the guy can be creepy in a way that would scare anybody and, and is menacing. And to do that to a little kid, it's like, God, that's fucked. But the response, yeah. the react, the way he acts in this, and obviously seeing him in interviews now talking about it and being like, I loved being an actor. I loved being on this set and he loved Robert England. So I, I don't feel like any, anybody who's like, uh, done anything wrong i'm just saying the, sure. the extent they went to to try to bleed reality into the movie making it's like west craven was so dedicated to this idea of meta like and and freddie bleeding into the real world and the real world changing because of freddie mm-hmm. so cool it is man and i feel like a lot of those elements that you're talking about as far as how a lot of the horror is placed on what's happening to Miko Hughes, what's happening to the right. kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan. This is kind of a tonal Dylan. Whose yeah, name is said 103 times. 
103 times? Yeah. Are you serious? More than Michael Holy in Lost shit. Boys. Michael, David. Anyway. I didn't even notice. I'll have to fucking pay attention to that next time. <laughs> yeah. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's kind of the series growing up in a way, too, where we'd had all these movies that were about, oh, teenagers that are in peril because Freddy's going to kill them in their dreams. Yeah. This movie, 10 years after the first one, Maybe it assumes, hey, maybe you were 18 when you saw the first one. You're 28 now. You got kids of your own. Right, yeah. You're going to be more scared by seeing this This, yeah, kid. this kid in, in danger than, yeah. Exactly, man. Yeah. That's kind of a shift for the series that I didn't really pick up on that much because there's not really a lot of like teen horror in this. It's no. really you, you know, being with Heather Langenkamp worrying about the fate of her kid and her kid being in danger. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, it is, it is more adult. And that's the thing too, that I think is interesting that like, I feel like Wes Craven, when he, you know, made the original, like we're supposed to care about these teenagers, you know, but then the sequels, it's like, these are, these are cannon fodder. Like the teenagers, like we're not, we're never really drawn fully into all of them and we're supposed Uh to be kind of happy. Some of them die. And this, this kind of pulls that back entirely. It's like, no, no, no. We're talking about kids here. Kid. This is a kid. You're not happy that the kid dies. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I Freddy think... Freddie is trying to kill a child. Yeah, I think that was just, uh, you know, Wes Craven. Because in the original, we're supposed to care about each of the individuals. And, like, their deaths are brutal and hard to watch, mm-hmm. you know? And then yeah. by the sequels, it just gets fun and silly. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, he's pulling it back. brings it back. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, due to the change in the Freddy character of him becoming more of this archetype of all things horror and less of Freddy Krueger himself, that, of course... Also coincided with a huge change in the aesthetic of the character. Right, like the yeah. Freddy in this is way different than yeah. what we've seen in the other movies. How do you feel about his look overall? I, okay, I think it's appropriate for uh, what they were trying to get at with it, and that is mm-hmm. that he's he's no longer this burnt. He's not the connected. Uh, you know, actual Fred Krueger, who was a, a real life, you know, uh, person at this this elementary school uh, doing <laughs> janitor duty. Like mm-hmm. he is this demon, and this demon looks kind of like Freddy Krueger, but he's more yeah. bursting out of his skin. Like yeah, he's mm-hmm. too big to be contained within his own skin. Is is kind of what I think they were getting at. Like this, he's got some beef jerky patches. He does, he does, and yeah, it looks like it looks like ripped skin. It looks like we're we're seeing like that that it's kind of burst, and we can see all the the muscle underneath and whatnot. And I, dude, I I bet his dick and balls are shot. Oh, for sure, Just shot to shit. Man. Well, that they probably were before when they were burnt too. Yeah, yeah, he was burnt all over. <laughs> that is a very strong point. Right. Ooh. Yeah, but I, I, I think probably looked like a dang old hot dog. It got left on a grill a little bit too long. You know what I mean? Yeah. One thing that I noticed about Freddie in this, and it's such a parallel to how I felt about the uh, about the Sterno bots and that new Hellraiser right. that came out a couple of years ago. A little bit crispy. I'm used to seeing. Well, they're a little bit crispy, and I'm used to seeing these cats fucking moist. Yeah. And they're dry. Yeah. They, he's they're dry. Very now. dry. Yeah. And I think again, that's it's maybe an intentional choice to make 
this Freddy, like to, to make the point that this Freddy is disconnected from the tales we've told have been told before. Like this is yeah, it's not the Freddy, you know, right? Yeah. This is a, a more demonic creature. Um, and you know, that the fact that the, the glove is organic, it's like part of him kind of, yeah, it's like a bio right. glove. I don't like the thumb bit. I wish they had not included the thumb. It doesn't look right yeah. and it looks clumsy. And I know Robert England said that it was, it was kind of clumsy to have to, to deal with, but I know, I like the but look then at the, the same glove. time, if it's a bio glove, I think it would look weird if it only had claws on four fingers. That's true. Like that's true. If it was like Wolverine and it was coming out of the back yes. of his hand, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but then he just looked like fucking Wolverine. When you know? are Wolverine and Freddy ever gonna fight? Oh my god, lock claws already! Yeah. Come on, guys. The two of them. Fucking scissor them things. You Get know? it over with. <laughs> but yeah, like the 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 thumb claw. I think it kind of aesthetically had to be there, but I'm with you. It's not quite right. Also, I don't know, man. I still just say we've not really seen Freddy kill enough people with that claw. A couple people get clawed in this. Yeah, a couple, but the claw does the killing. Like, you don't really see Freddy do that. You see the three, you see the two special effects guys at the opening get killed, who then we find out later actually did die. Uh, but, I love yeah. that it starts with a callback to the OG two. Yeah. By the way, with the making of the glove, but it's right. like kind of a new glove, really cool. But it's yeah, it's the making of the scene of the making of the new glove. <laughs> yeah, yes, meta so cool. from the get go, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, and then yeah, the the husband getting killed by the glove. Like, and honestly, let me just tell you this: I don't know who wrote this husband character, or if they meant for him to be an asshole. But when he died, I was happy. This guy mm. was such a dick. Like, literally, everything she says, he dismisses or, like, big dogs does. her. It's like, what mm. the fuck? Like, come on, dude. Anyway. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But He's just trying to scratch the balls on a car ride and get right. his love, doesn't he? But maybe we were meant to understand, like, oh, their marriage isn't great, but, of course, him dying makes her feel terrible and whatnot, et cetera. But that makes it rough because, like, in real life, she is married to a special effects guy. Right. Like, that and guy was clearly supposed to be her real-life husband. Right. But they obviously... Okay, so that's the thing, is when we say real life, it's, like, a little bit skewed, of course. Like, Wes Craven is using parts of their real lives to tell the story, but also, these are different, you know, people and whatnot. This is not actually her husband who didn't want to to play the role. Um it's it's her husband in this like super dramatized world so they have to have drama they can't just be happy boring couple they have to have Mm -hmm. this like wait why is he talking to her like that does he know who he's talking to because this is heather is that even how he scratches his balls come on right it's not how he scratches his balls according to the actor that was stunt balls stunt ball (laughs) scratcher come on already i can do my own ball scratching stunts uh, but yeah, I, I, I think that like um, the inter interconnecting of like certain things while letting other things be loose. Like you have John Saxon playing John Saxon. You you have dad cop. Uh, yeah, you have uh, 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 Jesus Garcia and uh, Tuesday night at the funeral. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. playing themselves. But you have Lynn Shay playing a role. <laughs> This is interesting because Bob Shea is in the movie as, as Bob, Bob Shea. Shea. But Lynn Shea. And then Lynn Shea isn't Lynn she's Shea. She's a nurse. 
even though she was in the movie. So that means we're in an alternate universe where Lynn Shay and Bob Shay were somehow separated in their youths, and Lynn Shay was adopted and has no idea that her brother Bob Shay is a famous movie producer and that you know she never got to live out her aspirations as an actress i assume the insidious movies have completely different person in them like i I, no idea wow i'm just i love this (laughs) that is a really weird thing that lynn shay who is in part one yeah as a character is in this playing a character also or maybe that's like actually lynn shay's secret twin sister or something whoa it's very soap opera that's probably what it is hey i just wanted to go ahead and uh crack open this other beer and i think i know you're gonna make me mad yeah i know i'm gonna make make me mad mad. because this uh lagunitas highly limited release for 2023 a willitized coffee stout aged in rye oak barrels 12.4 percent uh, that is to say, will it rye barrels? Like, yeah. will it rye is yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And they've aged this Lagunitas, which is one of my favorite breweries, yeah. beer, in that fucking yeah. barrel. I saw them advertise this on the gram, and I have been looking for it around town, and I haven't found any. I'm yeah. so jealous. I'm, give me the full report on that. Uh, thing. Yeah, I'm going to have to give you a report. I, I'll see if I can get you one. Uh, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're highly highly uh limited release and i'm so excited for this because 12.4 percent that's a big boy yeah i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a little taste here see what find is out. that gonna keep you up or put you down who knows who knows oh, yeah i'm so jealous man oh what does that smell like oh no 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 <laughs> what <laughs> oh. that is so good it tastes oh. like um it, it's got like the chocolatey notes of a coffee, but then mm. you can taste the rye in there. But because of the coffee notes, the rye notes take on like a light roast coffee type of flavor. So there's like a there's a good bit of like there's a little bit of grain to it, but a good bit of like those kind of more like fruity flavors. Oh man! Oh, that is amazing! God, I bet that's awesome. And you can't taste you cannot taste alcohol. This is how sweet is dangerous. It, it hmm. It's got a brown sugar note to it, but I wouldn't say it's like it's it's not too dry, but it's definitely I'd say semi sweet. Like, who, mm. buddy? This sounds amazing, dude. Mm-mm. Lagunitas the rarely smell. fucks up, man. Oh, the smell of it! I I want a candle of that. You just want to put a little dab like around you know, yes. the base of your neck, kind of. <laughs> yeah, if I want to attract all the hottest interior of your wrists. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm telling Damn. you what, that yes, if, if you can get a hold of that, uh, get a hold of it because it'll get a I hold. I want of to you. go to there, man. Mm-hmm. I want to go to there. I got to try that shit out. Damn. Well, I'm jealous. Hope you enjoy that one. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> she up, man. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about the cast of this a little bit, and you know, of course, we've got, like you said, Heather Langenkamp. We got old Bobby UK. Uh-huh. I think really one of the standouts here is Miko Hughes. Yeah, he's great. You know, we talked he's about Miko great. back when he was getting fucking pet liquefied by a big old truck uh-huh. in a pet cemetery, <laughs> and uh, we got him here several years later, and he's honestly great. He's like, absolutely he is a good. fantastic yep. actor. Yep, he's he's killing it. Yeah, I you know and. Uh, it, it it feels natural like he feels really good with heather langenkamp like they have a very solid uh connection and feel motherly and sonly and that that helps a lot but like 
that's that's him right like because she's we know she's a good actress <laughs> it's really up to the kid then to make that work and he's making it work so yeah i i, I was just i yeah i really was just kind of blown away because he's he's doing a lot with his face doing a lot with like his body like he's doing those like seizure things and whatnot he's yeah he's and killing acting it. real scared yeah and- he's killing it he really does a, a great job. He's not like annoying. A lot of times, kid actors in horror movies are uh-huh. just fucking irritating yeah. more than anything. And and he's not. You really do kind of care about the kid and and hope that he doesn't get fucking murdered by Freddy Krueger. So it's effective in a way that we've not seen in this series. Right. Like for example, the Dream Child, where you just don't really give a fuck. <laughs> I want to learn stuff from you. <laughs> yeah, I want to learn stuff from you. Yeah, I cared about that fucking kid, right? Yeah, it definitely does pick up where some of these sequels failed. It definitely is also critical of its own legacy in this movie. Uh, it ha- has some like meta commentary about the series, like, "Oh, Elm Street, I liked the first one until the original guy left, or whatever." Right? Yeah, yeah, and that that is like, it's a funny joke. It's also like a joke on uh, New Line themselves too, because you know Bob, Bob Shay uh, commented on that, like, you know, uh, it, it's. You know the the relish with which people say they don't like anything after that first one until New Nightmare. It's kind of disappointing, you know, because you mm-hmm. you put all that work into it. But also, it's like, well, I I I can get that too because it's Wes Craven. Like, there's yeah yeah, there's been a major difference in the level of director from the first one to the sequels. So bring back Wes Craven. You know, he knows what he's doing. Nobody's going to have to guide him through it. He's not going to have to ask people for permission to do things. He's Wes Craven, and it's going to end up making a better movie overall. But a little bit too long, I feel like. It is. I totally agree. Like, whenever I started the movie uh, last night, and I hit play, and it was like, oh, this is like an hour 50 right like, this is an almost two hour almost movie. two hours I was like oh yeah it's the longest it's the longest nightmare movie um is it yeah and i would think any future nightmare movie would have to just say we're, we're not gonna approach that like i feel like a nightmare movie yeah. lives in 90 minutes and agree two hours is a little too i even though this one is more serious and is more character oriented and far less about freddy than it is about like this family dealing with the devastation of freddy um i i still think it could have been 20 minutes shorter (laughs) agree yeah there's stuff in here that is neat to see like there's a lot of scenes with john saxon and heather langenkamp yeah Cool just stuff. kind of catching up, talking about the events. Yeah. Like you can tell they have a cool, almost like father daughter bond, which makes sense because mm-hmm. they were father and daughter in the original movie when they met. Like it's good seeing them on screen together, but it ultimately doesn't contribute that much to the movie at the end of things. Like there's a lot of just little conversations and shit between them that if you cut out, it would only serve to make the movie a little bit quicker. Yeah. yeah. Pacing is a little bit of a problem here. I found myself several times getting kind of bored during like their conversation at the playground and, and shit. Several points where it just kind of drug a little bit. I think we'll, we would find ourselves on the unpopular side of things if we suggested cutting any scenes with Officer Daddy. Cause yeah, I know, right? People love John Saxon. Uh, He's great. Yeah. And, and dude... I do love, especially at the end of the movie, when 
reality, well, you know, this movie's reality starts merging with the movie reality. The original yeah. Elm Street. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like he's referring to her as Nancy. Right, yeah. And and she's like confused by it. But then and then she calls him John right. and then she looks down and he has a police badge. Right. Also, I think his hair piece came back. I think his hair <laughs> got longer. Probably. Um, a little bit lower on his forehead, like his hairpiece came back or something. And then she turns around and she's in front of the original Elm Street house. Right. Like, I love that bit of kind of dream logic, dream narrative that goes on in that part of the movie. I think that's super effective. I wouldn't want to let go of that. No, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's it, it would have to be just some little nitpicky things you'd have to cut to. Like, you know, I I, I don't know exactly what I would cut. But I also know that when I'm watching it, the pacing feels off at times, and I feel like okay, let's let's get past this. I feel like there's so many hospital scenes that kind of blend together. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of times where it's like, okay, Miko's in a bed; he's not doing great. All right, what else we got to do here? Right. Yeah. Although the scenes with the the doctor lady, she's the head great. Doctor, yeah. Dude, she's fucking great. Uh, like that scene where she kind of becomes Freddy uh, and puts we'll on the have glove. To cut it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, dude. The, the change between the reality, reality, and the dream world it happens so fast and uh-huh. so aggressively. That part of the movie is really great to me. I wouldn't want to lose that. That's one of those great moments that kind of kind of gets into that sort of micro nap thing that they put into that shit ass remake that they did right. back in the day. Uh-huh where you're in reality and suddenly you just kind of doze off for just a second and shit gets weird really fast. Right. I love that they played with that. I Yeah, I, I do too. I also love that they played with the way that Freddy's breaking in from the movie universe into this reality, quote unquote, yeah. that it's causing cracks and causing earthquakes. And I love that. It, it's yeah. It, it's like a force of nature more than right. just a man. Yeah, yeah. He, he yes, he exists. He is this nightmare force that we can't escape. Uh, and that that's you know that's the indication that he's coming into the world is that these you know actors are all having these nightmares as well as uh, the creator Wes Craven because they had tapped into something real this real dream demon that exists and is entering our world. I, that's great. <laughs> like, that's so awesome. And the idea that they had that di- they didn't end up doing. Man, of, I love, I yes, wish they would have done it. It would have made this movie so much more they, twisted yeah, and weird. They were going to have uh, Wes Craven as the writer is being driven around in a van by uh, uh, oh crap uh, Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman from uh, Hills Have Eyes and several yeah and he's he's having to stay awake and he has to write the script like he, it's like he has to get it out um, and he has cut off his eyelids to stay awake. I love that. I that's so like extreme and so yes. in the. Elm Street kind of lore to do anything you I can wish to stay they had awake to cut your eyelids yeah. off. That's fucking rad, man. And it really did just come down to the choice of, you know, Wes Carvin didn't want to do that. He'd just rather be in a nice house. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I get that. This place did look As nice. As the yeah. director, you got enough to do. You don't want to sit in makeup all day and then have God, to direct yourself in cool, makeup though. in that scene. Yeah. 
I, I would have loved to have seen that where like the creator of this entire franchise has been driven mad yes, by his that, own work. that would have been great it, it really would have been it, it, and and also it would have been more in line with what we had just seen the year before within the mouth of madness of this yeah, like totally thing that's coming up out of this dimension and and it's it's causing insanity and causing everyone who's touched by it to go insane uh yeah i i like that but i you know just the the regular meetup where it's just this nice house and he's talking about his dreams and then we see that the script is what they've been saying like that's that's effective it's still very effective yeah it's cool he's very much like the god of whatever universe it is that we're watching right yeah which is you know uh it would have been more fun if he was driven to madness but of course uh the scene that we get works so i you know it's it's not a complaint so much as a wish they had done that yeah i love the cracks in the wall yeah nancy's wall yeah well not nancy heather lang yeah heather lang yeah and it's like in the in the shape of the Freddy right. slash. Yes. It's so cool. Like I really like that. And that was apparently inspired by the Polanski movie Repulsion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? I've never seen that, have you? I have not, no. Yeah, you know. We've known about Polanski so long that I just don't uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never feel hard up to, to watching to a Polanski uh, movie. <laughs> I want to celebrate his work right, right now. You know, <laughs> not to say I guarantee it's it's great. I guarantee it I'm sure is, it is. But you know, yeah, I know. I, I, I sure I will watch it at some point. But yeah, uh, the the cracks in the wall bit, like I like that because you know it, we're we're doing a meta movie, so it's like the fourth wall is cracked. You know, like mm. it's all bleeding mm. into our actual reality. Yeah, literally a wall. Yeah, and then we also have the 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 graveyard scene where you know after her husband dies, there's that uh you know moment where they have a little earthquake and then she sees you know one Miko Hughes uh what's his name damn it Dylan 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 falls down <laughs> into the the grave and then she goes to save him and we see freddie down there and then we find out that that. itself is a dream but that there was an earthquake and it's like him coming into the world is causing this like tectonic shift yeah and yeah it's it's interesting that that was all written in the script it just so happened that the northridge earthquake of 1994 that was devastating uh occurred while they were they were filming and meta yeah meta to the point that they got to go get shots of actual damage done by the earthquakes which is this like documentarian sort of element where it's like it is capturing reality and showing Mm. it in relation to this fictional reality like again like just blending the 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 fiction and reality so deftly like you you could easily look at those shots and be like oh it's really cool they built that but no this is a damaged piece of property that actually was damaged by an earthquake it's it's wild crazy man yeah i I love that scene you were talking about where the kid falls into the into the open casket and there's kind of this kind of dream tunnel you know yes. like the casket goes on forever uh-huh. and Freddy's like reaching up and grabbing him and then like later on in the movie we have the same thing the, that happens the sheet tunnel under yeah. the bed sheets uh-huh. i love Me that too. man i love that there's kind of these weird portals to the dream world that exists yeah yeah it it's it really has like 
um, it has more, again, the feel of that surreal, dreamy quality that, like, I don't know, like, I've never felt necessarily like I'm sliding through a tunnel as I fall asleep, but I've gotten that feeling of, like, just sinking into the bed as I fall oh, yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah. And and that kind of feels like what they're, they're talking about. Because, like, Miko Hughes, uh, Dylan says earlier, like, uh, that... Uh, you know, he starts doing the uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And she's like, where'd you hear that song? And he said, in bed. And the, mm. the preposition in there makes more sense when later they go into the bed. Into the bed. Yeah, like right. he wasn't Ooh, just like, cool. he didn't just hear it while laying in bed. Like he heard it in his bed. Right. <laughs> that is pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. I dig it, man. The dreams in this definitely have closer to the feel of, of real dreams and what we'd seen in Freddy movies past. Like I, uh, I've never had a dream where I was, you know, maybe benching some weights and turned into, <laughs> turned a, cockroach. into a cockroach. You, did you yeah, ever have a dream where squished. you did like a karate fight with an invisible Freddy? No, no? okay. <laughs> no, I have not. But like the way the dreams work in this is more like, okay, this is more how dreams really are yeah, they are yeah. somewhat based in reality yeah. but a little bit weird like this feels more dreamy than we've seen in the franchise in a long time and, and somebody might even say like well what about when you end up in like that freddy dream temple and it's like i don't know if this is for everybody's dreams but i have spaces in my dreams that i end up in a lot like oh word. yeah really? like yeah like actual like uh the one is a, a city uh, next to a lake and another is just this particular house in a field that mm. i will be in and then i'll be like oh shit i'm here again it's always bad <laughs> it's Whoa. never good when i'm there um Weird. and i've talked to other people who have that like specific places in your dreams that you end up in so to me even seeing you know the the etruscan style temple of freddy where it looked like there was a pterodactyl I, yeah yeah i think, I so. think he had a pterodactyl in there uh that makes sense to me that that's i i yeah like i honestly as again when i have one of those dreams where i'm in that house i'm like oh shit i'm in the house again interesting man you know speaking of freddy's temple for a guy that got burned to death he sure does keep a lot of fire around am i right (laughs) he seems a big fan of it now yeah I don't know about that. I mean, is it like an exposure therapy yeah, kind of thing? It's yeah. like, I need to keep fire around me to normalize it, bitch. Yeah, I can't that's... be afraid always. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy, don't go for phobias, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on there exactly? Uh, yeah, it, it's know. really strange, man. <laughs> but I was going to say, like, I was going to give some potential reasons. And I was like, you know, in Dream Child, in his little crazy dream temple, there was fire. Like, why does he like fire so much? And steam. Like, Mm, seems like he would not like those things. Yeah, you're right. It probably is exposure therapy. That's got to be it. I think he'd be more of like an ice bath, um, freezer (laughs) kind of guy. Aloe vera. (laughs) Yeah, there's aloe every fucking where. He just stays covered in that shit, right? I like aloe vera, bitch. (laughs) Keeps me slimy. Keeps me slimy. Which, you know, as you just said, he's always been wetter before this. 
And now the aloe, he's living yeah. in his little fire temple. He's got no aloe around. That's what it That's is. That's why it's so dry. Yeah, yeah. The air has got to be really dry. He needs like a humidifier in there <laughs> and some lotion. Yeah. He needs some milk. Absolutely. He needs some milk. I think my favorite dream death in this is uh, is Julie's, man, going back to oh, the 3D man. rotating the original. room. Uh-huh. Taking it back to the OG, that's a that's a highlight of this movie for sure. Yeah, I read that Angelina Jolie and Drew Barrymore were considered for that role. And well, Angelina Jolie does have that girl next door babysitter quality that you yeah, see in Julie. You, obviously, you see Angelina Jolie what? and you're like, oh yeah, I've seen six of you riding the school bus. Yeah, raiding yeah. tombs, of course. <laughs> Every time I raid a tomb, I see one of you. Yeah. Um, Drew Barrymore, I think, would have been a good choice for sure. Yeah, she would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But I like Julie though. Whoever plays her in this, I think she's, she's great. Really good. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they made a bad choice. And honestly, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have helped to have someone with a name. Though you know, Angelina no. Jolie wouldn't have had a name at this point. Drew Barrymore would have. Um, True. Yeah, and I don't think it would have helped. It, it definitely makes more sense to have uh, you know someone who is lesser known when you're trying to pretend this is a reality. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's likable. She's a good actress. Oh, she's great actress, yeah. Ain't afraid to deck a nurse by punching her in the mouth. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So hardcore, dude. Wes Craven must have had some fucking beef with nurses because every nurse in this is uh, like constantly being shut down, punched, pushed. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. (laughs) it's it's something i'll tell you what but uh that uh that scene where you know she's being drug around the ceiling and stuff you know we we had in the first one rob uh you know reaching out for her and it's like oh really sad boyfriend loves his uh girlfriend etc but in this it's this sweet little boy and it's his babysitter Oh she my! She says, "Help God. me!" Yeah, yeah, what? that's different, man. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, there's some real brutal shit. I mean, when he climbs up to the top of that, you know, to uh, you know, go see his daddy and Jesus. It's just oh, the yeah, sweetest right. thing. Woo, boy! <laughs> it's so fucking fucked up. There's a little kid who's like, "I guess I'll go," you know, try to offer myself up to God so I can see my dad again. Yikes! Wow yikes indeed <laughs> yes indeed man i like that they achieved a lot of these effects for the most part without cg yeah a ton of practical stuff but you know and also uh not just um practical but i would say green screening type of stuff where you have like yeah. the the you know the traffic scene and whatnot that yeah, to the me is like scene. you know yes i understand it's overlaying two things and you're going to use some computer stuff to clean it up but it's still so much more practical than entirely inventing the the background and the characters and whatnot um yeah but it, it is it is you know obviously not something we've seen a lot in uh nightmare on elm street movies but we do have some cg we have some like uh, yeah. And it's, you know, mostly it's, uh, it's fine, but some of it's like the one particular I'm thinking of is the, the husband's death. And when the, the, the claw comes up out of the seat, you've got this like watery shimmer pattern type of movement through the seat that yeah. it's just, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, I don't know what they're getting at. Like, it, 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 is the is this a dream? It's if so, why couldn't it just go through the fabric? Because in reality, it's not doing that. In the dream, it would be like, why? Hmm. How's the CG adding to this scene? It just feels like That's it's true, detracting. Yeah. They they use the same effect with the claw coming up. I think out of a bed sheet later. Yeah, where it sort of looks like it's cutting through water. Yeah, even though it's cloth. Yeah, I think that's kind of meant to evoke the same sort of base fear level that humans get when they see you know Jaws's fin cutting through the water. Oh, okay, like, yeah, like a threat of an animal. Sure, you know? but they've also done that, I, I like that in, in, in Nightmare Before with the claw, mm-hmm. where he like did you know came up through the water with the claw like sideways. <laughs> anyway, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, they did that in a really silly way. Yeah, didn't they? and it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in five. I think maybe? so. Yeah. But yeah, they're kind of trying to use that to, I think, evoke, again, a more iconic um, avatar-like image of horror than just, you know, Freddy jumping up and saying, welcome to primetime, bitch. The the CG is used, I think, pretty tastefully otherwise. I don't don't love it, but it is not... I I don't love those two moments, I'm saying, but it is not a CG-heavy movie, and it's not like it's going to stand out to you most of the time. The yeah, it, it, yeah. that's because so much of it is practical. Like the gigantic hook Miko Hughes is hanging on, the huge Freddy hand is real. That's a real prop. Like, and it looks Crazy. great. You know, yeah. it, it then fits with the green screen traffic stuff coming directly at the, Like, I think they did a good job of blending stuff most of the time. Just a couple of times. Most of the like, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one practical effect that maybe isn't great is when all the like multiple freddy impersonators show up at the edge of the highway man if you pause it those masks are derpy as fuck <laughs> are they they look like the goddamn painting that robert england is doing earlier oh in the movie. man derped out i i liked that painting uh like up until it gets to the actual face i was like oh this is cool like nightmarish type of stuff oh what is his face <laughs> yeah I think W did that one. They had a right. W uh, painter stand in for that. I'm pretty sure he did that one. <laughs> yeah, painting by W. It's it's just so silly because yeah, you got like below that. There's like the the three faces like screaming in pain and stuff, and you got like the glove and whatnot. All that looks cool. Then pan over to the face. <laughs> like he just got like <laughs> the weirdest face. He needs to invest a little bit more time in that face feature, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, but overall, there's some other cool effects. I love whenever we get the, uh, I don't know, kind of surreal, stretchy Freddy where like yeah. his mouth gets all big and he's about to eat that kid. Yeah, like, we've seen that. kind of goofy, but yeah. he's about to eat a kid, so it's fucked up. It is. We've seen that kind of before with the snake Freddy and Patricia Arquette. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But this is, yeah, this is... Because, you know, they're throughout, they've set up the theme of the Hansel and Gretel thing with, you know, pushing the witch into the oven and stuff and the witch wanting to eat the kids. And these are the things that, like, Dylan likes the most about the story. But those things then come into play in saving him. So, like, uh, it's interesting to see Freddy try to eat a kid. <laughs> We've never seen that before. But the effect is good. It looks good. Yeah. So it looks cool, man. We get that 
super long laffy taffy tongue yeah after that, wrapping which, around uh heather Lamb's fa- oh that does not look fun it does not look fun she said that was like the least fun thing to shoot yeah. in the entire movie and if you pay attention whenever his like tongue starts shooting out and getting all long and stringy and stuff they overdubbed some kind of ridiculous like it sounds like they took like a sheet of metal and kind of like bent it rhythmically and it kind of get, does that like wubba 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 noise <laughs> okay it was like really distracting to me whenever I watched it. His tongue is coming out and it's really scary and weird, but then the noise is like a wine 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 wine. It's really dumb. <laughs> I, I'll have to listen for it next time. That's really funny. It's pretty lame, man. Favorite tongues. Mini preview palace. Okay, Let's get favorite meta. tongues. Let's go, man. Um, favorite tongues. Gene Simmons, oh, the demon. Oh boy, everybody loves Gene Simmons' tongue. Sure, Gene Simmons from Kiss. You got to say it like he does. This is Gene Simmons from Kiss. From Kiss, maybe you've heard. He me. says it every time. Really, Gene Simmons from Kiss. Yes, every interview. <laughs> okay, fine footage. All right, it's amazing. <laughs> what do you know about Jabba the Hut? Oh, oh, you were just naming oh. some gross tongues. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, usually when you got a iconic tongue, it's usually not for being great in any way. You know. Oh. Well, I mean, there's some iconic songs we could name for being great, but that's a whole different podcast. That's something different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Junkyard Dog? Okay, yeah. Or, or how about, you know, George the Animal Steel when he'd buy oh, it in actually, a turnbuckle. I think that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Was it him or JYD that had the, like, blue-green tongue? That was time? George the Animal Steel. That was George yeah. Steele. Steel. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. JYD. Ah, yeah. Whatever. Man, we ate that turnbuckle. He had that blue ass tongue. Uh-huh. It's a pretty iconic tongue, I think. Yeah. I think we'll talk about other iconic tongues over on Bed and Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. The, yeah. Our yeah. porn yeah. podcast. Porn <laughs> mm-hmm. It just makes sense. Yeah. You know, it just makes sense. Yeah. So overall effects in this are pretty good. They're not as like bombastic and over the top yeah, as what we've true. seen in other Freddy movies. Other but than the huge Freddy the glove, like that's probably yeah. the biggest it gets. You know, because everything well, else. I wanted there to be like a claw mobile, which sounded really okay, stupid too. Like yeah. on, on the on the interstate <laughs> there, there's gonna be like a Freddy car with like claws on the front. I feel and they like were really stoked about it. I feel like a little bit, just a little bit. That if Wes Craven, maybe 10 years down the line, had it to do over again, he'd admit it's we should have Freddie be funny. A little bit. Just a little. Because yeah. he's funny at least a little bit in every single movie. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's maybe the Clawmobile would have made just enough of a humorous... Like, I don't know. I, I feel like so many times throughout this, I understood why it's serious, but it's, and it's, you know, again, when I saw it back in the day, it was refreshing because it was like, good. They're not just doing this. They're taking this yeah, serious. They're taking right. this serious. But now it's like, I don't know, man. I just, I like my goofy Freddy. <laughs> it's a tough line to tell, yeah. you know? And it's, of course, now we're talking about, 30 years of nostalgia uh-huh. building up on this shit too you know i mean fucking 40 from the original shit right yeah so we've had a lot of time to come back around to appreciating our our goofy freddy in a lot of ways even though we don't love those movies as much as the early ones we still like them quite a lot yeah the the, the line that this movie towed had to be tough to decide what they would and wouldn't allow where they said well it would be cool to have west craven with no eyelids but man that would take this in a 
real fucked up direction. That might be too weird. It would be fun to have Freddy in a car. That might be too goofy and right. throwback yeah. to the movies. We're trying to not acknowledge yeah. this. Yeah, I think they landed on probably the right tone. But that, it's consistent, tone-wise. It is, but that might be also why we're saying that we feel like it. the pacing is a little off because the tone is way more subdued. Even, you know, like the the fact that you have big moments like, you know, uh, Dylan having his, like, seizure and foaming at the mouth, uh, uh, Dylan climbing up the the playground thing to, you know, reach up to God or whatever, like those are surrounded by really subdued moments up to them. And I feel like that's why we're having pacing issues because it's, it's like a lot of quick action and then not a lot. And then a lot of quick action and then not a lot Mm -hmm. until the end when, yeah, it's just like action, 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 which is, you know, it, it, would feel a little bit better i think if it was just a little bit tighter but i'm really kind of nitpicking too because i think this is a good movie it's 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 doing something very interesting it's also just like i i don't know i you know we've watched so many nightmare on elm street movies up to this point and I I like when a person gets turned into a cockroach or when a person it gets is kind like of fun. stuffed full of food or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, those are fun deaths. And you don't... Kind of become what you expect out of it. Yeah. And this doesn't really reward you with that exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because really the original doesn't do that. No, it doesn't. Either. There's like, nothing it, really funny about any of the deaths in the original. No, no. There's no, like, themes of, like, oh, this person's scared of lawnmowers, so they're going to be killed by a lawnmower right. in their dream. Yeah. Like, there's really none of that until three, really, yeah. is when that tone mm-hmm. gets set. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I, and we both were talking about our top five, and we would both put one and two up in the top three, yeah. where it really depends on where you want to put three. For me, it's one, three, two. But I, it is for me today. Yeah, yeah but so. that can change day to day for me because yeah. I like to a lot. It to me, me is is a great sequel to the original. Um, but yeah, and and we're then talking about three of our top four are the serious ones. So True. I my complaints are that it's not as bad as the others. Like that's not really a complaint. <laughs> yeah, really, right. <laughs> Wish it was worse. Yeah. Wish it was kind of shitty like the other ones. Yeah, that's, really? That's on me. The other ones that you don't like as much as the early ones? That's a bad well, thing to wish, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's a weird line to toe. How do you feel about like the final confrontation in this? Of course, the final Freddy battle is always yeah. a big event in these movies. And I got to say, whenever it got to the whole lead up and the Etruscan temple yeah. and all that jazz, it was pretty rad. It was drawing me in. It, was, it got pretty dark. Mm-hmm. The movie had been visually very bright and light oh yeah it's in la you know you're you can't really find a dark corner in la according to movies and yeah yeah, (laughs) this is super bright but yeah once you get down there you start getting much more darkness and shadow and stuff and having him get burnt to death you know in his dream world kind of full circle yeah i I feel that that is probably the best way to end it of course, I felt like it was kind of sudden, you know, yeah, where that's what I was gonna we say. have Dylan, he like runs and hides in yeah. the oven. He hides from the, the big mouth and tongue attack. And then 
Freddy ends up kind of getting Pooh Bear'd. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. where Pooh Bear gets, you know, stuck in that in that little hole. Yep. He gets Pooh Bear'd a little while, and then, uh, I don't know, he, what exactly happened? He's like, <laughs> I'm burnt to death now. Right, yeah, it is, again, like, yeah, it's, it's the the pacing is off there with that ending and it does just feel like wait what happened by the time yeah. it's over yeah i yeah i feel like that is lacking and i can't clearly recall how he died oh i, I assume in that oven now that you're See, saying like, it i can't both just watched it right i, I can't remember, I remember a how. moment of him getting like because other movies when he dies it's like a thing you know like you know, his screaming head flying at the screen or whatever. Like, yeah, this one is a, just like, I guess a child he's dead. dream impaling him or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's just like, and he's dead. So, yeah, because like Dylan was in the oven thing and it seemed like there's plenty of room around that fire. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but then Freddy's in there and it's like, no, nah, he's, he's definitely burnt. Well, to death. Yeah. Now he's, the, he's the damn devil for a second. Yeah, Whoa, that's kind of neat. It was neat, but it's also like. I huh? you know I have the I have I have an issue I guess like I guess it's saying he's a demon right like hopefully it's not saying like he's like the devil I don't that mm-hmm. to me doesn't I don't care he's like the, the Satan devil of Christendom. oh no <laughs> yeah oh. but yeah no I think it to 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 me that that ending was that you know it's just like yeah he is this in fact this dream demon and the freddy is just an avatar of the dream demon which is right because west craven did watch all the sequels before making this he's not like just dismissing them and ignoring them so that that's kind of in some of the sequel bits so yeah it kind of works it kind of works I'm not entirely mad at it. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely didn't need an ending that went on longer, considering that this movie was already pretty long in the tooth at this point. Yeah. Like, I didn't need more final battle. Yeah, I, just, I agree. I wish I could clearly remember what happened. Like, he was stuck in that oven hole, and then he burnt. And that's kind of it yeah. to me. I, I, yeah, I think that's it. I don't remember right? a moment where he's like, oh, I'm burning, you bitch, or whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. One of my favorite things about this movie, though, I think is the the central core message that this movie is trying to say. And it's been a while, I think, since we had a Freddy movie that was really actually trying to say something mm-hmm. about society itself. Right. And there's a huge message through this movie about trying to protect kids from things that are scary. About right. Parents trying to protect their kids and... You know, in this age, in the uh, mid-90s, if you were a parent, you were either, you know, total latchkey kid or absolute helicopter parent trying right. to super shelter your kid. I grew up very, very sheltered. You grew up Other way, way, yeah, way I got yeah, yeah. To, I watched all these movies and whatnot and, and grew up with, with this being just a regular part of my life, seeing horror movies and stuff. And, and I right. think the movie does a good job of drawing parallel between, uh, you know, uh, Hansel and Gretel, Hansel like and old Gretel, Grimm's yes. fairy tales, Grimm's yeah, fairy which tales. are fucked up, man. Like, we've been telling yeah. fucked up stories to kids forever, and I love that they brought that into this movie. Like, you know, at this time period, it might have been a big shocking thing to think about exposing kids to violent or scary movies, music, yeah. uh, video games, whatever, but this has always been a thing. It always has been. Yeah, and... and- 
you know, you have Bob Shea saying kids love horror movies. And like, this is a person who he's, he sees the receipts. He knows who's going to see yeah, he knows. the horror movies he makes. And as we've talked about around this time, they started clearly making horror movies aimed at kids, you know, with like critters and stuff where you have the main character as a kid, like yep. you're, you're you're acknowledging your audience and knowing that it's kids and also trusting them to be able to navigate this scary world. And as a kid who grew up with all those things, I mean, listen, there's a tons of reasons why uh, I'm the individual I am. I don't feel like any negative aspects of my life have anything to do with horror movies. In fact, I've only Mm. found them to be beneficial throughout my life. So I think that's the message this is this saying. This is saying you know, that. Yeah, this is getting yeah. at that. Yeah. There's a huge thing in this movie about how Freddie has become powerful again because we've stopped talking about him. Right. We've stopped this tale from existing. We've stopped talking to kids about Freddie. This isn't really a part of you know, modern folklore anymore. And a writer, a storyteller, has the ability to trap these things and imprison them for a time. And by not talking about them, you're only making them more powerful. Like, to make this really clear, this would be like if you had a kid and you never told them that there were people out there that were kidnappers. Right. Uh-huh. Your kid would go through life being very gullible. Right. And the first person that drives by is like, hey, kid, I got some toys from you. van. I'm a friend of your mom's. Yeah. They jump right in because they've been sheltered from the danger and they don't even know that it's out there. They're not prepared for it because you as a parent have protected them from thinking that you're keeping them safe or keeping them innocent or whatever. Whereas in this movie, even Dylan's exposure just to Hansel and Gretel, knowing that at the end, the witch gets pushed into the oven by the kid. That's what Dylan does at the end of this movie. Dylan is prepared to fight the witch, Freddie in this because of the scary stories that he was told as a kid. Yeah. Um, that's a huge message through here, and I think that that's really great, and it definitely had to be on the mind of Wes Craven, considering this is during the, uh, the start of the whole Tipper Gore fucking pearl-clutching right. goddamn parent panic of the mid-'90s, right? Yeah, yeah. Just a reminder that uh, Dem- Democrats were the ones. Did that. <laughs> yeah. I know, I've talked. Which to me is a reminder, yeah. all of them suck. That, exactly. Yeah, that's my point. All yeah, is that, yeah it, was, it was Tipper Gore and jo- Joe Lieberman who were attacking your your music and your video games. Oh, yeah. Um, and and that, that it's just a reminder. Yeah, they, they all suck, and they all don't understand, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm willing to believe that Tipper Gore probably in her heart thought she was helping right like she i mean thought. darling nikki is a fucking jam and that's what fucking <laughs> set her off right she clearly was not listening to that exactly tune for the right reasons, yeah darling nikki rules um but yeah I, I would believe she was trying to help but it's it's like this misunderstanding of like you sheltering children from things does not protect them it, it makes the things more powerful. Right, yeah. It, it absolutely gives them more power. I mean, one, 100%. the kids want to know about it because you're keeping it from them. That's me. Yeah. That's why I love heavy metal and have animal skulls on my wall right. and wear black every <laughs> fucking day of the year, dude. But it, also a reminder that even if you're, you're, you're this parent who is like, okay, I can't control my kid. They might end up like me, always wearing black t-shirts and listening to metal. <laughs> like you, you, you can't control 
your kids. But you also... I think what you're getting at there is ultimately, at the end of the day, wearing all black and listening to metal and watching horror movies cool. is just universally fucking sick. Yeah, Why even sick. try to fight it? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, you, you can't control your kids. You can't determine the things they're going to like by keeping nope. them from them. Like, they are interested in the things they're interested in. Like they're they're going to seek out the gory stories or memorize it. That's the thing. Like you you have Dylan here. Like when she wants to stop reading the story, it's like, well, he's yeah, memorized dude. it. It doesn't matter if you stop yep. reading the story. He knows it backwards and forwards. Exactly. He's already been exposed to it, and he he likes it. Like he loves those creepy ass grim fairy tales which man. is he loves that stuff. absolutely true of of mickey hughes as well like when you see him in interviews it's like that's yeah that's the stuff he was interested in he wanted to do these movies he liked this stuff and yeah that's the type of uh kid that uh you're dealing with in this era of just like we we had all grown up seeing all these great horror movies to us uh freddy krueger is this icon and and so you know you have this an american fairy tale right you have this scene where the kids are chanting for freddy which is like based off of a real incident where wes craven yep. and robert england were on a talk show to talk about the effect that these movies have on kids and when robert england came out they were all chanting for freddy they love him yeah, they love him they love him and it's not because, you know, it, like it's not that any of us were like, Freddy's a good guy. I want to grow up and kill teenagers right. in their dreams. Of course fucking no. not. But Freddy will turn into a TV and slam you into it and electrocute you, and that's fun. That's fucking sick. He'll be the video game and kill you in it. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, I think that's it. Is it really like the the child that is entertained by darkness there's nothing wrong with them there's no like reason why they're doing that necessarily it's just entertaining to them and it's also not going to negatively affect them they're yep. just going to enjoy those things whether you let them or not and you have no control over that Yep. You got to tell the kids about the world. Yeah. You have to tell them about dangers and threats mm -hmm. and dark stuff and scary stuff. Yeah. Like the, it's going to find them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't if protect you don't them from the them world. Yeah. Just by not letting them know. Yeah, yeah. exactly, man. I, I feel like especially for the time and place and considering that, you know, we grew up in an era where this was very much the norm to be very sheltered and ha have, you know, the realities of the world withheld from you in a lot of ways like i did uh i think that this is actually a very powerful very cool message that this movie is trying to say in the guise of a freddy krueger movie and i love that at the end of it you know whenever uh heather Camp and and miko hughes you know they end up back in the house and they're safe and she reads him the script of the movie like it's a bedtime story. Like, right. that's really cool to me. Like, these are, again, American modern fairy tales. Let kids enjoy them. Read them to them. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. But I was also thinking about, like, boy, it's going to get real interesting when she gets to the part where his dad gets murdered. Oh, <laughs> then the man scratched his ball sack. <laughs> but again, that's exactly what you're saying is right. Like, well, his dad did get murdered. Like, she can't avoid 
dealing with that. He went to see Jesus. Right. That's like, all the kid knows. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no. He did get she's murdered. She's got, yeah. she's got to deal with that reality. And the kid yeah. can, too. It's going to yeah. take a lot of work. But the thing is... It, what else is he going to do? His dad did get murdered. <laughs> like, you you can avoid the topic, but the reality is always there. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's right, man. I, I love that they went with an actual message in this. It's been too long yeah. since this movie actually tried to, this movie series has actually tried to say something sure. about society. Yeah. So Probably since I two. really, really appreciate right? that. <laughs> like, two yeah. was probably the last one that really tried to say anything. Uh, the others are Boy, yeah. entertaining. I mean, I love Dream Warriors. I don't know necessarily what it might be saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not really yeah. sure. It's pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool movie. There's great performances in it. There's some good effects. There's some okay effects. Nothing really shits the bed visually. It, it is so bright. I, I'm trying to decide if I like that or not. Right. Like, there's part of me that wanted... You know, whenever things degrade into the dream world, like that scene where the doctor becomes Freddy there for a second, there's part of me that was just like, man, would it have been cool if things started getting grubby and the lighting got weird or the light Mm. started flickering and it was dark or something? But then that would have tipped you off that this is a dream. So uh, maybe not. Maybe you just needed to keep it all looking real. It's that, that fine line that this movie is trying to toe where it's like, well... How goofy can we get here? How much do we want to play it close to the chest and keep it realistic? Right. And, and yeah, and that that really depends, you know, on how much you want to walk the line between reality and fiction, and I think yeah, that's exactly it. It's like if you indicate the entry into the dream world, then it's very clearly delineating, okay, this is fiction. And you don't want yeah. to do that. There's yeah. no suspense then. It's yeah. not a threat. This is a dream. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think right. Wes Craven just like he he really was just in this period because you know Scream's going to come out the next year in this period just really thinking about the delineating line between fantasy and reality and the effect of horror movies on the audience because again Scream yeah. is goes deep into that so like oh yeah um and, and I think of course his his final um you know like the way he like in this one and in scream kind of explores it in different angles this being the effect on little kids and in scream the effect on these teenagers who then actually have an ulterior motive to pretend that there is an effect on them like the 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 kid in new nightmare is not actually being affected by the horror movies he's being affected by a real dream demon the kids right. in Scream are not actually being affected by the horror movies. They're being, uh, they're using horror movies as a ruse to cover up their crimes. So, like in both cases, he's saying it's not the horror movies. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Totally. Yeah, he was definitely revving up his gears for Scream, which of course would be a huge reinvention for himself and the entire genre of horror, which was getting kind of stale at that point. So yeah, this is like a great warm up act for that. It right? is. It is. And this, you know, it, it's, it's wild to think he had just done serpent in the rainbow and, um, uh, you know, uh, people under the stairs and stuff like that. Movies that are great, but it was just at a period where it was, you know, down for horror. People weren't going to see, these horror movies that were great that were coming out but by the time you get to 95 people were ready for it again 
and Scream just hit at that exact right moment. Yep, that's right, man. This is still an enjoyable watch, and you don't have to watch through all the others to get it and enjoy it. No. There's a lot of callbacks, you know, if, if you know the series well. There's a lot of neat little Easter eggs yeah, in there uh-huh. and returning faces and all that. But you can watch this one on its own, and it's just fine. And um, I, I do think it's a good part of the franchise, man. I think it's overall a pretty fucking good movie. Do you got any other thoughts you want to point out here? Um, yeah, I do like the uh, stuffed animal element. You know, the oh, little, yeah, like, little, dinosaur. Kind of his, his little totem. Yeah, yeah, that, like, protects him from Freddy and gets, you know, t- takes the, the brunt of the, the punishment. Uh, I I think that that's, like, you know, it it really plays on an element of, of being a little kid where you know that putting the covers over your head protects you. Or you know that, like, clutching your teddy bear closer protects you. Like, right. and it works. It, it's the belief in the thing yeah, that makes it powerful. It's the belief in the thing that makes it powerful. So this, this, you know, dinosaur totem, I, I just love that it, it works. Like it, it really does work to protect him from this dream demon. It's cool. True, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. A lot to love here. Yeah, for lot sure. To love. For Pacing sure. is the biggest problem. Yeah. But other than mm-hmm. that, I'm overall pretty good with this. And man, I think... Do you think you're ready to yeah, slap yeah. a number Go ahead. on it? Slap a number on it. Let's hear it. I think for me, this one probably stands up at a solid. I'm gonna say like a seven for me. I think seven seems wow, like a good. Wow, that's exactly what it. I was thinking. Is seven? Yeah. yeah, I think this is a solid seven movie. I, you know, there's there's little bitty things that, uh, you know, like the pacing and whatnot that aren't great, and I, you know, I I don't really have any major issues other than to me it's just not as fun as some of the others which it's not intending to be but that's okay by design right by yeah. design but it's also like yeah but i like front i like freddie being fun i like, I like to it. have fun i do but i know that that wouldn't fit in this movie i do know that which is why it kind of has a ceiling for me as to how good it could be it couldn't be a 10 uh that's fair <laughs> yeah but I, I still very much enjoy it. Very much love it. Think Heather Langenkamp is great. John Saxon's great. Robert England's great. Uh, you know, we also have Wes Craven and, and Bob Shea in here as actors. So that's a yeah, thing. That's fun to see as well. <laughs> that's man. interesting. The gang's all here. They're the all here. Your family. Yeah. Uh, and Mika Hughes is awesome. Agreed, man. But of course, we want to know your thoughts about this. And so hang out with us over in our Facebook group and let us know what you think about this new nightmare if you like the old one better let us know if you like the new one more better let us know hang out with us there on the facebook group sign up today you guys can also check out our other social media outlets which are all on our link tree page i'll also direct you to a page where you can give us dollar papers yeah patreon.com forward slash den lovely uh head on over there with your dollar papers and give us them <laughs> good yeah it's good words. Uh, we got good wording. We got a hell rankers on critters coming out uh, around the time this episode comes out, probably a little bit after. Um, we got uh, uh, the the uh, patron patron level of five dollars. That's how you say that as well. Where, we have the level of five dollars. <laughs> if you become a patron on five dollar level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoker Bolt, and then we draw from the Smoker Bolt, and then we cover the movie. We draw from the Smoker Bolt, which we're gonna do next week. Yeah, we are. That's I right. wonder what it is going to be. I, you know what? It could be any number of things. 
A movie, perhaps. A motion oh, picture, wow. maybe. A cereal in the bowl. <laughs> it could be that what as well. What if it was a cereal? What cereal would you want to draw out of the bowl? <laughs> I think if I was drawing cereals out of a bowl, I want uh, uh, the, the Reese's Crunch cereal but that's your john right there huh? i love that's the it one. don't don't ever really uh eat it but it's real good or cinnamon toast crunch cinnamon toast crunch oh buddy mm, can't be beat. what about you the things i would do for a waffle crisp right now Ooh, i'll tell you what buddy tell you what yeah Oof. well we'll find out if we're doing a movie or a cereal next time i'm sure it'll be a good one y'all got good taste we'll find out what it will be so keep your eyes peeled on the social media pages and stay tuned next week for the next installment of dead and lovely where we'll be talking about whatever come at that bowl and i will be uncle ben and i'll be hollywood steve and i'll be old and i'll be daniel dave lewis methodist actor time to go to bed I'll tell you what, if I was in that gang's New York, would have ended real easy, because I would have left the gang and joined the Methodist Church. I gotta go play some Rook so I can go to bed. Bye. Now listen, I know some of y'all maybe migrated over here from an inferior podcast. I'm talking about a podcast which wasn't no count compared to the champs, obviously. Right. That's like every uh-huh. podcast, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only podcast I know where someone says inferior. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> right until W starts a podcast, right? The day George W. Bush too. starts okay. podcast, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bushcast. <laughs> it's actually George Bush raiding various <laughs> pornographic actresses' yes. bushes. Bushcast. Yeah, I wish I could Bush do on a, Bush. a George W. Bush impression, and right here I'd say something <laughs> about a Bush. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I know some of you nerds got here after listening to something like like Huberman Lab or whatever, and you guys got advertised some athletic greens, right? Oh, you need your athletic greens right. so you can have all your vitamins and probiotics in your system and stuff, right? Mm-hmm, sure. I know how they are. Now, here's the thing, though. I know our people. I know our listeners. I know us. Uh-huh. Which is why I'm here to market a new product just for our listeners called Unathletic Greens. Are you ready for this? Okay. A signature dead and lovely blend of unathletic greens. Listen, <laughs> you take this every day when you just want to really sink into that couch, right. watch some movies, not get a lot of nothing done. This is for you guys that want to do less. Oh, I know what type of green you're talking about now. Uh-huh. Now, we start off with some bong water, right? Oh, wait, and what? we add oh, no. some <laughs> greens to it, some pure THC, all right? So we got some some greenery going in that green water. Now, the key ingredients we add, and after that, we got some other greens we're going to toss in in the form of barley and and hops. Okay. They're really green hops. Okay. All right. So, so it's it's bong water beer is oh. kind of what you could think. Now, okay, <laughs> Bef- you take the bong water out, you've got like a nice uh, a nice like hop water that gets you high. I like this Okay, idea. so maybe that's the light version. Right. Okay, if you're not hardcore enough. <laughs> but if you want right? the heavy version, it's bong water. <laughs> that's what you get when you sign up for unathletic greens. <laughs> I mean, listen, I can see this being helpful to some people. 
Maybe you're yeah. the type who's got too much motivation. That's me, usually. There you yeah. go. Get, get yourself some mud athletic greens, sit your ass on the couch, play a little video game. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> I think I'll start tomorrow. Great.